Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest is a celebrity chef, restaurateur, podcast host, and cookbook author. She is known as an expert on soul food. She is an alumna of Bravo TV's Top Chef, where she competed in the 15th season. Everybody, welcome Chef Tanya Holland. Hi. Tanya is the executive chef. Well, she was the executive chef owner of the internationally renowned Love of Brown Sugar Kitchen in Oakland, California. And it, what she was known for was her inventive take on modern soul food and comfort classics. She hosts Tanya's Kitchen Table on OWN Network. That's the Oprah Winfrey Network. And she also leads a critically acclaimed podcast called Tanya's Table. Uh, she has served as the president of the prestigious Le Dome de Scoffier, San Francisco chapter. She is a member of the Board of Trustees and a frequent contributing writer and chef at the James Beard Foundation. And Chef Tanya has a grand diploma from Le Rhin École de Cuisine in Bourgogne, France. And her latest book is California Soul. You need to go pick it up now. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you. And I'm just to clarify, um, I'm also the chair of the James Beard Awards Committee. And it's Tanya Holland's California Soul because there is another book that came out last year called California Soul from a chef in uh, L.A., but it's a memoir. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I love getting fact-checked by the source <laughs> <laughs> because I want you to get the book. I want you to get the right that's, book. That's so, right. So, that's so, why I said that. So Thank for you. all the other guests, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just clarifying, you know. That's what we do here. Yeah. We try and clarify and uh, hopefully um, mildly educate you and uh, moderately entertain you. Um, tell us about the wine we're drinking this afternoon. What did you bring? Um, what did I bring? I brought Where's Linus, and it is a California Sauvignon Blanc blend. And actually, it's 100%. I think it might be 100%. They don't say it on there, but um, it's delicious, and it is from a black winemaker. Very cool. And, and I like um, to support. I love the label. It's like the shape of the state of California. And you also said that you picked this up at a... Um, Wine uh, shop. Ask, yeah. Did I get this? At, I think I got it at Astor Place. Oh, Astor Place. But yeah. you had seen it in a shop. In Oakland in called Oakland. Alkali and Rye. Mm -hmm. And that is a BIPOC owned. It's owned by a black woman and a um, Korean man. And it's a great shop. And so they, they have a special area of you know BIPOC wines and spirits and um, they also have an event space it's a cool place and her dad is Kebe Kante who founded Red Bay Coffee has Red Bay made it out this way I yet? am not familiar with yeah it. it's a really it's <coughs> a great um, black owned um, coffee brand nice yeah nice getting all types of dimes dropped on <laughs> you and you know it's actually it's, it's must fall somewhere well it's Ginny and Francois so it's and it's cloudy, so it looks, right, it looks so natural. Yeah, yeah, it must fall somewhere on the natural spectrum. I don't know if it's full. I don't, yeah, and I don't fully really love it. natural wines. No, but, but this, this is a good one. has a nice, you know, in Sauvignon Blanc especially, um, you do get some funkiness, some grass. Mm -hmm. And it has that nice funk, a little petrol, almost Riesling-ish thing going on. Mm -hmm. Very crisp, but I love it. Thank you for bringing this. My pleasure. Um, so I like to start at the beginning. As Biggie would say, so where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Biggie said that? Yeah. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. My dad was a student at uh, Western New England College, and then he got a job with Kodak. We moved to Rochester, New York. That's where I grew up. Okay, so you grew up in Rochester. Yeah, <coughs> uh, Rochester. Rochester. Mm -hmm. um, and what, are you like a, a toddler when you moved there? Two. Two, okay, so you, yeah. had, yes. you, just, you were just born in Hartford. Pretty got much, it. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, I 
um, have relatives, had had relatives from Rochester. My oh. aunt, the Currys, you know the Currys, Barbara Curry, Mitchie Curry, Tony Curry. Mm, uh-uh. Anyway. Not ringing a bell. I mean, because I don't know how many, I mean. Yeah, you never know. Uh, you, you never, never know. know. So and there's only a few of us. That's what anyways. I'm saying. That's why you might. <laughs> but not in Rochester, actually. There was a good community there yeah. of black folks. But, you know, we always say, like, there's only, you know, what, three what, black people. What, what, was, uh, what was it like <laughs> growing up in Rochester? Because I, I know because it, it was a corporate town. Cause yeah, Kodak. Xerox was and there, Xerox, yeah. IBM. Okay. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, you know, Rochester, I mean, sorry, Kodak had so many different parts to it. I mean, they had the assembly lines, you know, so it was very like blue collar, mm -hmm. but then they had research labs and then they also had their executives. So, you know, it was really diverse economically. Um, you know, a little bit, neighborhoods were a little bit segregated. I kind of grew up in white suburbia because my dad wanted me to go where the schools were right, good. And right. that was unfortunately the case. Yeah. And uh, but we went to we went yeah I know yeah. but we went to attended a, a Baptist black church in the city so I had I lived in this kind of weird dichotomy of really not fitting in either place <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I'd like I do know go, go to church so like you talk white it's like, what's that I know you what does that to, mean you know school oh. and it's like you know they you don't belong there but you know it was frustrating and hard as a young person but this is what 70s growing up yeah. 70s and 80s yeah. yeah but i think it served me well as an adult because i can you know go in different situations i tell people all the time yeah. like they'd like what's your like i was like what's your secret i was like oh i went to a high school i was 80 percent white mm -hmm. and i was in talented and gifted classes and you're what in yes, talented and yes, gifted yes, class i'm sure you worked it right yeah so but then you, you go, you know, you got your cousin. It, uh, but then it, <laughs> exactly, it, exactly. But it, it is like, but you don't really fit in either either world. It, exactly. And it's a weird, weird thing. It is, um, it is. Um, yeah, but so, you know, I mean, I was only child, so I was 14 and a half. Oh, wow. So, and I was latchkey for a good portion of, you know, being a young person again. So I was like independent early on. And um, my parents bought their first house when I was five. And I was really obsessed with, you know, the gas stove and the fire. And mm -hmm. my mom was like afraid that like I was gonna do something and hurt myself. So they bought me this miniature refrigerator stove and sink and put it in the garage. It was like made out of aluminum or something <laughs> like that, I think. So, you know, I'd be there playing kitchen. Um, and I think when I was maybe 10 or 11, I got an easy bake oven. But they were, you know, they cooked to entertain their friends. And okay. my mom's from Louisiana, my dad's from Virginia. So they were cooking, you know, gumbo, barbecue, all this stuff. And, oh, wow. Um, so I got to know the cuisine of my heritage. But then also when I was seven, they founded a gourmet cooking club with five other couples that lasted for 20 years. And for 20 years, it was three black couples and three white couples. And that's as diverse. You know, they didn't know. Yeah. Uh, they might have known some Latino at some point. But, you know, it wasn't much more diverse than that. But yeah. that was huge for the 70s and 80s, and it informed you know, me and the way I saw the world. Um, they cooked soup to nuts every month. They met the, you know, the couples, mm -hmm. um, took turns hosting. The host couple would pick the menu, make the protein. They cooked everything from the usual suspects, you know, Spanish, French, Italian, but then they did, they did an Alsatian Rhine dinner one year. Yeah, and I was like, where'd they find these recipes? You know, they did a uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. They did a Polynesian Luau. Um, these are just like some of the ones that I remember and yeah. I have recipes from, and they yeah. got into my mother's repertoire. So, you know, here I am, this black kid in white s 
suburbia. It's like, oh, I'm going to make matzo ball soup or chicken <laughs> cacciatore today, you know. And, then, you know, you're just like, you don't have any reference. You know, you think, oh, everybody kind of does this. Um, and then I get to college, and all my friends are eating mac and cheese out of a box, ramen noodles, and I'm just like, what? You know, and then the, the food at the cafeteria was awful, so then, you know, I just start cooking and entertaining myself, and then start started working in restaurants my second year just to have some extra cash, and um, didn't think of it as a profession, though, you know, uh -huh, because, uh -huh. you know, I mean, when I did finally think of it as a, as a profession a few years after graduating, my grandparents were like are you kidding mm -hmm. like we all worked this hard so you wouldn't have to work in the service industry i know i was gonna get to that. i don't know i i don't, have you ever met lee campbell she's also lee campbell. um so. she's a sister some she's actually where's she based she just moved to virginia but she was based in brooklyn oh uh she worked at one of the big restaurants okay um also went to uva oh wow i should know yeah her. i'll connect you i'll yeah, introduce yeah. you too okay and um and uh, she's an ambassador for one of the wineries, I think Early Mountain down there. So she's actually moving to Virginia. Oh, neat. Okay. Um, but went to UVA, same thing, loved restaurants. And, and like one of her, maybe it was her sister-in-law, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, she's like I'm in hospitality. She's like, no, you're waiting on people. Like there's, that's, there was that exactly. stigma, like yeah. this education yep. for this. So I want to go back, but the education, see, this is why I think people, it's so crazy that, we all think, by we, I'm talking about the collective, obviously not you, yep. but we all think foodies was this term that came up with blogs. No, your parents are like the real foodies. Exactly, and I, and I just recently wrote that before anyone, you know, called them that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and like, um, did they travel? I know they were, because, you, you know, because they're both, sound, they're both professional, so you didn't get the two weeks vacation. Did they travel, or was it travel just to go visit relatives? I know Most of our travel was to visit relatives, although we did drive across country twice. Okay. Um, so I've been to every state except for one. Which one? Guess. Alaska. No, I've been to Alaska. Oh, uh, New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. I lived in Jersey City for six months. I don't talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <coughs> um, North Dakota. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to miss one. But yeah. th uh, there's something in North Dakota, right? Isn't that Fargo? one? Fargo? Yeah. Fargo. Yeah, well, I feel like I got to go dip my uh, toe there at some where's point. Where's um, Mount Rushmore? Is that South Dakota? Yeah. Okay. Mount Rushmore and the Badlands are in South Dakota. Okay. Yeah, and those are cool. I've been there twice. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah so you want to go back? What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I was say, yeah. I mean, like. Oh, like, travel. Yeah, so they didn't, you know, so, but, I don't think my dad went abroad until, um, you know, six or seven years ago. Were they reading magazines? Like, where were they getting? Oh, the, Time the Life. The Time Life okay. and magazines and. You know, they were always curious. We had a big encyclopedia set, as everybody did back then. Yes. For, for all of my younger <laughs> listeners, yeah. we actually had to do research. You don't even have to do research anymore. You yep. know, now you have chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. AI. The people it write, it can write, oh, it can write a there book. there you go. Okay. You can like write a book on Chef Tanya Holland. It'll spit out a book. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. This is crazy. I want to see what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know everything. No. They think they do. Um, yeah, so... My mom studied French, okay. I think, in high school. My dad studied Russian. That's how he found the name Tanya, named me. And that also piqued my interest in both languages. Um, but no, they didn't. We went to Canada. Okay, yeah, no, I just. Know, that's it. But <laughs> I, I mean, I have a friend, white guy, uh -huh. and his father did the same thing. He had like, he started like a wine club where we were, like a wine tasting club. And food. He, he said his father would want to master recipes, so he, he would go out. So it was the 70s, right? late mm -hmm, 70s mm -hmm. so like, if there was a special lobster you know 
five dollars a pound he'd go buy 20 pounds of freaking lobster and just keep steaming until he got it right wow do stuff like that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so there was food um and you said they did an alsatian or was there was wine common on the uh, dinner yeah, table yeah they always had a a beverage that okay. you know went with the meal so you know if they did mexican they had margaritas yeah um, you know, at the luau, they probably had Mai Tais, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was so funny. You're gonna love this story. My dad is like one of the biggest joker, like teasers on the planet. And so um, I discovered wine, probably even like at the end of college, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it was after college. And they like went on this trip to St. George and, uh, or Lake George, and um, I was babysitting for my sister. And they came back and they're like, oh, we, we got you this fine wine. It was a bottle of Thunderbird. And I was like, seriously? Wait. <laughs> yeah, they brought me a bottle oh, of Thunderbird. Okay. Oh, my God. He, I know. Here we are on April 3rd. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got like, you got jokes. He's got great dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but then they did they did bring me back another bottle of New York State wine. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, Dr. Whatever, whatever. Remember that? Oh. Wine? Are they still making that wine? Uh. Dr. Herman Wine. It's yeah, something like yeah. that. I'm sure they are. I'm not, I'm, I think New York Wine wineries, actually, I know. They've come a long have way. A, have come a long way and oh, actually increased sure. and increased sure. because of. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't know of uh, any of the older ones that are. Or Dr. Constantine Frank. Yes, that, that, that's yes, it. Okay. yes, yes. It might have been that. I don't yeah. know. Something. Um, so, like you said, um, your mother studied French. Your father st- had studied Russian. So mm-hmm. you have the Russian name. Mm-hmm. name. Um, I s- so you majored in Russian? Yeah, it's or a something. long story. At Russian U- language and literature. Okay, so yeah. University of Virginia. Where else did you get into school? Because UVA is almost like an Ivy League school. So I I'm got sure into Cornell yep. Ag School. Yep. I got into University of Vermont, Colorado at Boulder. I wanted to ski in okay. college. I thought I did. Uh-huh. Um, and... They made me apply to SUNY Buffalo. I didn't really want to go there because <laughs> yeah. it's too close. And then Cornell felt too close. And I really wanted to go to Brown or Northwestern. I did not get in. And really to Brown? Yeah, I really That's wanted to I'm go to so Brown. I, used to I had a horrible, um, what do you call it, uh, alumni interview. This woman, okay. was, this woman was mean. Okay. She was just like snotty and mean. Yeah. So I want to, I think it, that's probably why. Yeah, because Brown, I tell, listen, I used to counsel kids with college, and yeah. I'm like, Especially kids, I'm like, go to Brown. Nobody goes to Brown. Everybody, I was like, back no, then, apply, yeah. apply, apply to Dartmouth and Brown. Yeah. Everybody's going to Harvard, Yale, and Exactly, Princeton. yeah. Cornell, yeah. if you're not from around. Which yeah. But like half my high school, not half, but a lot of my no, high I know, school they were, went to of course, Cornell. Of course. I should have applied to um, Dartmouth, too. I think I, I would have had a nice experience there. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So, so my, anyways, just UVA. my guidance counselor. Yeah. And one of my French teachers were like, you have to go to UVA. Everybody wants to go to UVA. So my dad's youngest sister graduated from there eight years prior. Did I ask her about her experience there? No. Why would I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just like this little eight, 17, 18 year old. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go. Aunt Mary went there. She's my shero. And I'm sure, you know, she's a lawyer now. So I'm sure it's <laughs> fine. And, you know, they tell you that 80% of the, no, 40 what did they say? 40% of the students are from out of state. But what they don't tell you is 90% of that 40% is from south of the Mason-Dixon of line. Course. And, you know, there was like Confederate <coughs> flags in the windows then. And um, just a week before I went to school, I got a letter from the president of the Black Student Union. He's like, just so you know, blacks aren't really wanted here. <laughs> and I'm like, 
are you kidding me right now? And I show my dad, he's like, you know, it's what you make it. But I mean, I end up writing an op-ed at the end of my time about receiving that letter. Because yeah. it was like, I yeah. mean, how do you, you don't do that to people. But anywho. Why did the president of the Black Union do that? That's odd. Right? Like, right? Like, send you a letter before you get there? Like, like, like a that, week that, or two that's, at that's, this that's, point. No, that's I like when you pull somebody and say, that's why we got the Black Union. We can support each other. Yeah. You know, be like. You know, but I mean, it, it's a yes and. Your dad's like, yeah, that's how it is, and mm. it, it's going to be making of it. So, mm-hmm. and I think people, I, I always joke. I, I grew up, and now I'm living back in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and I say that's the Mason Dixon line. If you ever been in, in South S- Jersey, yeah, Delaware. Oh yeah, exactly. I went to school with some folks from Delaware. They were yeah, may as well have been <laughs> yeah, from um, South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Same, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um. So I mean, you know, they're doing some shady stuff when all everybody like has their LLC based oh, there, mean, right? I it's mean, a Delaware liability I mean, company. I mean, it's hmm. that's the state. <laughs> it's the Dupont state. Yep, exactly, um, exactly. It's a very interesting, and I think a lot of. I'm, I'm going to have a whole other podcast about <laughs> where I just completely talk about life. But like, I mean, when you start thinking about the way the world works, you got to start looking at some dip. You know, like, mm-hmm. like. Tax shelters. Oh yeah, it's blah, like blah. just <laughs> pick up your rock, look underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, there's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're down south, right? Which uh, from uh, and you had lived up north, right? And I spent summers so spent growing summers down up south. down in uh, Louisiana and Virginia mm-hmm. with my grandparents. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I got a lot of you know great memories and history. I was saying my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was the only one of her siblings and her husband, mm-hmm. my uh, maternal grandfather. Who didn't leave? Who didn't migrate to California? Wow! And I, you know, of course, I wish, like, in a way, they had got out there sooner. But I got these great Louisiana, you know, experiences. And uh, you listen, that's it. And and we'll get to it. But I'm sure that has informed your career. Yes, one hundred percent. Yep. Um, so why Russian literature? Like, I okay, so I applied to all engineering schools. My dad was an engineer. He was recruiting for Kodak at the end, like, of his career, and he's like. You got to go to engineering school. Black woman engineer, name your price, and then you get your MBA. You yeah, know, your dad was like out. STEM before STEM. He's like, he saw it. Yeah, he was yeah. like, do it. And I was excelling in math and science, yep. but then I get to, you know, I didn't get into UVA's engineering school, but I was taking some math and science to maybe transfer, and mm. I just hated it. I was bored. It was harder than high school. <laughs> and I was taking uh, French as an elective and art history and poetry writing, and like, I like this stuff. And then I took Russian uh, my second semester, and I got straight A's in it. And I was like, I should probably major in something that I'm getting A's in. That's and I, cool. it was a smaller department, so I really got to know my professors. And um, you know they were very encouraging, and I liked the literature. And um, so yeah, that's how it ended up. And it, and it only required 24 credits for the major, so I was able to take all these fun electives and just kind of make my own education. And then of course, you know, wasn't really prepared for the job market. <laughs> it was either teach or um, go into something that had a military application or the foreign service. Then those were the options back then, and you know, wasn't really where I wanted to go. Foreign service exam was daunting to me. Yeah, actually, that's um, that's one of the most uh, difficult exams people yeah, don't know about. That's what I heard. But then I tell people, foreign service officers who I've since met, they're like, oh, "You would have been fine. You would have aced it." And I was like, "Well." <laughs> You know, but then also that kind of career where you like, I mean, you know, you have to really do your time. And I was like, I want to be president 
of something like in five years, you know what I mean? Like, and so that didn't, that wasn't going to happen in the foreign service. So, so earlier you mentioned um, that, you know, your parents ever since you're like seven, you're, 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 you're playing around in the kitchen. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they, they built you a little kitchen out in the garage. Mm -hmm. um, and you said when you got to college, it was typical college. Ramen noodles, craft macaroni and cheese, mm -hmm. Confederate flags—you know all <laughs> the just every, exactly. you know, hot dogs, yeah, um, cold hot dogs, right? Um, and you said so. Were you cooking like in the dorms? Did you start? I didn't. Um, <coughs> I went to meal plan first semester. Yeah. Another one of my dorm mates, she's like, she didn't even join meal plan. She already knew, so she was cooking in her room. I got off at second semester. But I mostly like ate out, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. Domino's, and there was like some deli, you know, downtown or something I like love that. that. <laughs> Domino's had but like just started, so it was. No, like, I remember that was like, oh, you're getting Domino's. I know, I know. It, was like, it was like 30 minutes or less. That was the thing where it's free. Yeah, and literally, um, so we had these dorms where like the first floor were all these guy dorm mm -hmm. room suites, and then second floor was girls, and then third was mixed. The guys on the first floor, our friend, the ones I became friends with, they had wallpapered their entire like suite with Domino's boxes. <laughs> That's how many times they, they had it constantly. It was crazy. But anyways, yeah. So, but there was like a cute little, some cute little restaurants in downtown Charlottesville. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, we always, I grew up, you know, cooking at home was a big thing for my parents, but we also dined out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was like, oh, these are cute little restaurants. And then Second year of college, I went and applied to one. You know, no experience. It was um, called Sophie's, and it was run by this couple, and, you know, they trained me. And I, what I liked about it, because I had worked a couple summers at Eastman Kodak Research Labs in their in chemical analysis, and that was when I was, you know, pre-engineering and all that stuff, Is and it was segregated. You know, even going to the cafeteria, I was like, why are adults segregating themselves? You know, you just can't understand it. I couldn't. Yeah. So I go in the restaurant world, and it's like, oh, there's black cooks. And I didn't, you know, and I was in the front of the house. And that, you know, it was just like, oh, this is an interesting, diverse, did di they, different did levels of education. Yeah, did they look at you differently, or did you get along? I mean, because, like. No, they were I remember this one cook used to be like, hey, shorty, what's up? And I was like, <laughs> I'm not that short. But, you know, I didn't know that it was like a little, you like, know, the you vernacular know. vernacular yeah, Exactly. <laughs> hey, shorty. That's a DMV, uh, DMV. Uh, uh, Term. expression, yeah. Because yeah. I had a friend from Maryland. Yeah. Like in college, and like he was, I was a freshman or something, 80, 87, 80. He was like, he was like come here, short, let me holler. I was like, I never had heard that being from New Jersey. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't like, know. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll never forget though. Like I was, I think I had it on the tray or something. I accidentally dropped a bottle of ketchup in this guy's lap. Ooh. And he was like, ooh, and, you know, I wasn't even registering like what I may have hit at right. that point. <laughs> But I learned eventually. And then here's the thing about it. it was, so it was like, um, you know, pub, pub food. Okay. And at night, they would move the tables, and a DJ would come, and it had a dance floor. And uh, so it was like a little bit of a scene. And so my friend and I would go stay at the library, and then because I worked there, I put my backpack behind the bar, and then we'd, like, dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Fun times. What and kind of music did they play? Um, You know, like, the Gap Band, okay, just what was kind of, yeah, 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 it was cool. pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. <laughs> Dance music, yeah. and um, then the second year I worked at a place called Snickers, 
And that was also like, it was like a Friday's. Yeah, it sounds like it. Did you have to wear bling? (laughs) No, I don't remember. I don't know. I had a uniform. And uh, then third year, or my final year of college, I worked at the dining hall of the business school. And that chef was really passionate about cooking and explaining to me technique and, you know, just educating me. And that, you know, that started to sink in Mm -hmm. as like, hmm. And I think... I also got my first cookbooks either like my last year, I think my last year of college. And I was a vegetarian. So I got Moosewood oh. and I got uh, the vegetarian Epicure. Um, no longer vegetarian. Yeah, I, I went through things like that <laughs> in my I, life. Right. Especially when I was in California. Right. Uh, I thought I had to be a vegetarian to be in California. Be Where were you? you? Santa Barbara. Oh, okay, I, cool. I spent like t- two months in Emeryville. Oh, okay. Before I moved back. Yeah. <coughs> that didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> I had to leave. <laughs> I was asked to leave. Oh, go. details now, to nah, follow. Just, just, just a breakup, that's all. <laughs> gotcha. You, know, you do the long-term thing. You do the, you do the long-distance thing, and then you move that's together, and then, like, no. Nope. That's what brought me to California initially, yeah. and six months later, <laughs> see ya. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's all it was. <laughs> Thanks for getting me out of here. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't in a place, because I really liked I really like Northern California. I love mm-hmm. Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. but there's a whole different vibe and energy. Oh yeah, no, NorCal is where, where it's. And at. I just wish I had known things when I was a little bit younger. I mean, like, had I listen, I should have moved to Oakland in '99 when I first moved to Santa Barbara, and I could have bought a nice little shotgun house for like ten thousand dollars. I know, right? <laughs> I was telling someone earlier today. So I think I had like a, a real estate mind when I was here as a line cook, and you know. I don't know, I wasn't making like anything. Mm-hmm. I saw this two bedroom, two bath condo for sale on 22nd and Park Avenue South for $110,000. I was like, Dad, do you think? Like, yeah, can that's you help kind of me? a steal, Dad. I was like, Can you help me? He was like, I ain't got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh. And then I was telling this other this woman that I did a summer on Martha's Vineyard, where I did several, but my first summer, my aunt came to visit me, the one I was talking about who went to UVA, he's an attorney, mm-hmm. had some means. I was like, This, you should buy this. Um, what was it a Victorian? It's like one hundred fifty thousand. I just learned like the average house in Martha's Vineyard now is one point two million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, y'all should have listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I digress. Um, so it was a chef yeah. in the dining hall, the the business school dining hall. Yeah. So institutional chef, you know, like, um, but yeah, he loved what he was doing. Do, do for for. Talk a little bit about the difference between what would be considered an institutional chef, and and obviously we're into your career. You worked in the Michelin star restaurants, but like, I think there's um there's probably more institutional chefs out there than hundred percent. And you know they got a lot of them have more job security and benefits yeah. and all this stuff. And some of them are tired of like the freestanding restaurant hustle. You know they mm-hmm. don't maybe they cho- you know they obviously chose to be there. They may not have always worked in that mm-hmm. uh, capacity, but. Um, there's a lot of benefits to that because the resources and the budgets, you know, can be like kind of non-existent <laughs> or the resources can be like infinite and the budgets can kind of be, you know, they don't have to worry about their food costs to make payroll. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it depends on the chef, how creative they want to get. But a lot, you know, back then you know, they were cooking for groups that were, you know, it was like mashed potatoes steak you know stuff like that um probably filet mignon you know yeah did you do any um back of the house there it was just you work in front of the house just kind of listening and learning yeah no front of the house i did front of the house for like seven years but then you know i was doing a little of experimental cooking 
in my apartment, mm-hmm. you know, with friends and stuff like that. And then my my last year of college, uh, one friend and I, we I think we made everything in the Moosewood Cookbook. I was, oh, that's the question. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I was going to what do you what did you think of the Moosewood Cookbook? Because I the recipes maybe could have been the person who was cooking from the Moosewood Cookbook. They weren't. You gotta add salt. Okay, that's you gotta it. add flavor. She didn't add it, salt. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. That's. But the recipes work, <laughs> and, and back then, I mean, they were really creative. Um, I remember I, we made their pita bread. I thought that was the coolest thing. I couldn't believe I made pita bread from scratch. Um, and they had like a pizza dough in it or something too. I mm. think so. I don't know. For it was actually a really good entry level. You that know, is cooking. very interesting. Why did you go vegetarian? Because your parents were doing luau pig roast. Do you really want to know why? Yeah. Because I had this friend, and you know it's ironic now I have a shaved head, uh, <laughs> and she had you know shoulder length hair, black girl. Yep. She's I was like, oh you know I wish my hair doesn't grow. She's like, oh you know it's because I'm a vegetarian. I was like, well, yeah. I, she's like, I'm going vegetarian. You got to stop the bigger roll. And I want my long <laughs> yeah. locks. I need my hair to grow. You know my parents were like, what? <laughs> what? And then I was kind of uh, vegetarian or pescatarian for a minute. But my dad, like, you know, so I also didn't know. I mean, I knew about nutrition. Right. i tell you, my grandmother in Louisiana used to work for the Louisiana, Louisiana Cooperative Board. And everything then was about educating people about the pyramid of food. And she used to send me recipes. So I knew stuff. But I would just, like, I don't know. At one one point, I was just like loving cheese, so I was like eating cheese, and my dad will never forget. He's like, "Remember when you went on that cheese diet? Um, I got a little backed up, and it wasn't cool. <laughs> it's like I didn't realize, you know, you don't know about fiber and stuff right. like that. We don't right. think about it. You're 15, 16 years old. I was like, help. <laughs> yeah, I thought I I met. I've come across a lot of bread and cheese vegetarians because mm-hmm. you know it's. it's you're not. It's What's not yummy? It's it exactly. Mm-hmm. But I can still eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? I heard it's so funny. I overheard this conversation the other day. These guys were like, "Well, it's pizza. It has cheese. It has protein. Yeah. It has vet." You know, and yeah. I'm just like <laughs> trying to justify the healthiness of it. But yeah. Um, so you did that. You're you're, you're messing around. Um, you graduate. Do, yep. you, do you stay in Virginia? Do you? No, I came home to Rochester. Okay. I stayed. I lived with my parents for six months. I didn't have a job, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you a little story that's kind of cool. But you know, I've got this liberal arts degree, and mm-hmm. you know, my parents didn't fight me on it, but they were kind of like, <laughs> you know, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I thought Doctor King died, and now you, <laughs> exactly. so you could study Russian. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, pretty much yeah. like that. Um, so, but a lot of the liberal arts kids in my class were interviewing with Procter and Gamble for sales. So you yep. went into sales. Yep. Didn't get the job with Procter and Gamble. So I came home to Rochester, and um, I worked for a Gannett paper, okay. the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, selling classified advertising. Wow. Yep, entry level, and we, I mean. We had headsets, so mostly people, we were telemarketers, people called mm-hmm. in, but then we also had to, you know, lead and like go after. It's like, hi, this is Tanya calling from, um, you know, Democrat and Chronicle. Would you like to place an ad with us? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> ridiculous. And then I worked with these other recent college grads with my two friends, Sean, and one Sean was like, you have to call Karen Martin's line. And God bless Karen if she's still alive. Probably not because I think she was a chain smoker. But anyways, mm. uh, and she was like 20-some years older than us. And she was like, 
classified advertising. This is Karen Martin. Can I help you? And you'd be like, no, I was I to went, the worst Rochester as soon, accent. As soon as when you I said, said that, Rochester, yeah. I, I went to the the Lily Tomlin as an operator. You know, <laughs> that, that's where I went to, and you came. And, and it somebody, was, <laughs> but it was the, it was no, it's the the quintessential it's Rochester, Rochester accent. Yeah. Classifying. Oh my God, we were just we were so, so mean little kids, you know. I, I know we, <laughs> we all we all were mean. We were tougher. Right? We were like, um, what's that? What's that? South Park. Those yeah, kids, yeah. right? We, we all were. Yeah, because we really you, because yeah, you that, had to be that, that, to survive. Yes, and there was no PC. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, no. there was no political correctness. No, it was, we were just yeah. wrong. Yeah, but then you know, people were wrong to us. Yeah, and you're just yeah, like, I know. So we live and learn. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but, that, but that's I, that's what we used to do. I'd like do stuff like call your job and ask stupid questions. I worked in a running store. I'm like, ask for, <laughs> right, ask right. for a, a 12-year-old sneaker. and like, well, I've been running it for 13 years, and like, it's the only shoe that fits, and now there's a hole coming through. And and keep it, and then be like, like, finally, to be like, after someone, like, quit playing. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Prank phone Pr- calls prank was phone like calls. the best. We Oh, my God, the best. <laughs> the little things. Yeah, so I moved back to Rochester. I'm doing that, and then to supplement my minimal income, I started waiting tables at this restaurant called Joseph's. And Joseph was Italian-American, um, and, you know, it was basically pasta, all different kinds of pasta. Chicken parm, veal parm. Yep, Alfredo. Chicken marsala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his wife, Susan, ran the front of the house. Spaghetti and meatballs. And they had this, you know, wine list, and they had, you know, Sonoma Coutre or Chardonnay, and it was like, you know, that's the real thing, Sonoma, Sonoma Couture. I know. Back in the day, that was... <laughs> that was it. That yeah, was that you had made it. Yep. So Joseph was like, oh, my friend's coming. Uh, she went to the CIA. I was like, oh, really? The, the Central Intelligence Agency? I was a Russian language major. And he's like, uh, no, the Culinary Institute of America. I was like, oh, what's that? You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to learn about that, learning about wine there. Um, you know, a little bit more uh, upscale dining service. And... I went to visit a friend, another friend who she graduated from Syracuse. She moved to New York City. I had never been in New York City. My mom did not like cities. My dad had been when he was younger, so we never visited New York City. I'm 22, I guess, at that point. Go to visit her. I'm like, I'm I'm fucking moving here. (laughs) I (laughs) love this place. Yeah, yeah. And my (laughs) other friend, she's like, um, who was there? She's like, I got tickets to the Andy Warhol estate auction at Sotheby's. Do you want to come? And, you know, I study art history, and so I'm like, yeah. So I go, and, you know, there's Bianca Jagger bidding. Da, da, da. I'm like, uh, this is what I want to do. She said, I found my peoples. I did. <laughs> I did. I found my peoples. And I sat next to this woman, uh, Sheila Ainbinder, and she was um, an art dealer. And so I asked her for an informational interview. She invited me to her Park Avenue apartment. I'm just like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. And I applied for position at Sotheby's I went through like three interviews and I didn't get the job I mean you had to have a trust fund oh, and yeah, yeah, or that, yeah. be a certain kind of person yeah yeah you know and um, better call Becky with the good hair. that part yep. <laughs> <laughs> you should have the um what the Will Smith what was what six degrees separation you should be like yes oh, right. I, I'm Sydney Poitier's niece I should have, right? That I'm shit. not that quick yeah. I know but yeah, yeah so um I ended up getting a job as an administrative assistant for a direct response advertising agency, uh, 26 in Madison, in that tall black building, still there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, all the women started as administrative assistants, and all the guys that I graduated started as, as junior accountants. Like, yeah, exactly, junior accountants. There you go. Wow. Go so through. it was that. That's crazy. Um, That's and so crazy. again, I'm making what 14, 18,000 a year. So yeah. I had to supplement my income yep. and I got a job. Um, I was a hostess at Cornelius Street Cafe, which just closed after like 40 some years, like during COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, then during the Christmas season, I got a job at Barney's New York, the department store, and I sold men's furnishings, which is everything but suits. And then while I was there, there was a woman who was about 20 years older than me, and, and we were, you know, we had been talking. She's like, I know you're not challenged at the advertising agency. My friend has a catering company in the West Village, and he's an office manager, and I think he'd be perfect for mm. it. I was like, oh, okay. So I go to interview. Yep. I get the job. It's called the Upper Crust. Still in business, I believe. Mm. We do events. It's all like, you know, butler service, all the mostly male, but some women wearing tuxedos. Events at the museums. <laughs> I was like, what a name like upper at the crust. Mets. You're not, you're yeah, not, not wasn't called lowbrow. Right, for <laughs> the society women, you know, yeah. um, Jackie uh, Kennedy Onassis, um, what was her name? Lee Roswell Roth, Roth, I think. Her sister, mm. Carol Petrie, all these like people that were in page six, whatever mm -hmm. that was back then. My, you know, my boss was a nice guy from um, the Midwest, what, what, St. Louis. And, you know, it was great. I start reading, he, Always got the New York Times, so mm -hmm. we're reading the food section. I start mm -hmm. reading the reviews. Mm -hmm. Got all the food magazines. He was featured, and I think it was called House Beautiful at that time, or something like that. So I met food writers, food stylists, lighting designers, floor designers. I was like, I love this industry. I'll never get bored. Like I always have something to do. Yes. And then my friend from the ad agency was like, Hey, I'm thinking about um, going to this cooking school in Upper East Side called Peter Cumps, and if we wash dishes. We can get f um, cooking classes and wine classes in exchange. I was like, count me in. So I have to work, take the train to 92nd and 1st and go to Peter Kump's and basically wash dishes, clean up, and then I start taking my first cooking classes, some knife skills, my first wine classes. I had this, I can't remember his name, but he was a great wine instructor. I still have, like I think, the, uh, the handouts. Mm -hmm. um, and I just started learning all the nuances of wine and the regions, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. I, met the, I go back to work, and um, this woman walks in, and I see on her resume that she went to cooking school in France. And I was like, tell me about that. And she was like, well, I worked, I washed dishes and assisted the chef in exchange for my classes. I was like, how much French did you study? She's like, one year. I'm like, I studied eight years. She's like, oh, you, if you're interested, I'll take your resume when I go back there. Because there was no email, by the way. Yeah, These wow. were the dark ages. Know, man. <laughs> and so she did. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we have a position for you. So that's how I ended up going there. And also, I worked for the caterer. And I was telling someone this the other day. I begged my boss. I was like, could you please? Because I knew about professional development. So like, can you pay for this class I want to take at NYU? $110 for eight weeks. Once a week, I would go, and it was called The Business of Food, and they would have guests that would tell us about their journey. And we had Tim Zagat, mm. um, Joseph Baum, Eli Zabar, Adrian Dogan, um, Nock Waxman, who was the founder of Kitchen Arts and Letters, um, and I'm forgetting a couple other ones, a guy who started Smith & Walensky, and I was like, this Mr. Industry. Smith. Yeah, this industry is amazing. Right. So, yeah, so then I go to France. So that's okay, it. So I'll stop. I'll pause. No, I'll no, take no. a breath and I'll drink a glass of, uh, so uh, not a glass of wine, a sip of wine. <laughs> um, that's amazing um, on so many levels. Mm. Um, 
Thank you. Because, you know, we live in a time, we are talking about AI, blah, 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 social media, which is fake. Um, <laughs> um, I know, it's a tool. I mean, yeah. I'm like, got to go to work, which yeah. means posting I know, I something. Know. I didn't post for like four days. <laughs> it felt so good. I was like, I'm just going to be in Sonoma, I, my, my thing, drinking my wine. Right. I got pictures. I was too late in the post. I'm going to drop one. Right? Same, right? But, um, but, the, like, but the difference is it's for me, like, the work ethic you put in. Like, thank you. Ain't nobody, ain't none of these. Sorry, I, 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 I'm a grandparent, so I, ain't none of these kids out here gonna wash dishes. I know. What are you talking I about? I have X number of followers. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, wait, wait, I wait. did. Yeah. And went to UVA, yeah. could speak Russian and French. <laughs> and by the way, I moved here with $25 in my pocket. And I got two jobs, you know, right away. And my dad will say to the city, he's like, you're self-made. Yeah. You know, and I still, like, I haven't made it, made it. You yeah. know, it's not like I'm... Uh, that's the problem. You know. right? <laughs> and we're going to talk about these these folks hopefully later. We go, definitely. The, the, food, the food gatekeepers, the media mafia. You know who they are. Yeah. You know what? This is a good time to take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to come back uh, with more of Chef Tanya Holland. So we'll be right back, everybody. Okay, we are back, um, and uh, we were talking about work ethic. We were talking about influence, um, and uh, yeah, the media mafia. Like how? I mean, I couldn't go to my boss and say I got to take my cat to the vet in the eighties and right. the nineties. Are you kidding me? Oh, I know. But do you know how much I've had to, as an employer? No, I, I listen. Heard those kind of. I, I, I'm like, what? What? I um, <laughs> as someone who who you know. I had a, my sister was bipolar. Didn't know like, like before could, I, diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she was got all A's and straight A's, and then like just kind of went off the rails, and she passed for years ago. But, oh, but I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, but I understand. So I understand mental health. Yeah. But I think it gets abused sometimes. Oh. Right. That's yeah. what I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Think. <laughs> I think. I think there might be some abuse of it. <coughs> um, and. You know, back in the day. Sorry, I just publicly cleared my throat. Yeah. I'm such a hypocrite. Well, she, well you know, but I wasn't. wasn't I, she wasn't going to. She wasn't going to spit. She wasn't going to spectrate. So, it's a, <laughs> and some, you know, you're talking. Yeah, yes. We, that happens. That's right. Um. But like I said, work ethic. Like to get two jobs. Like Karen McNeil was on, and she was like, you know, she came here with like same thing, like five dollars in pocket, and like she like, had two jobs like in a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and then like just the the awareness you had to have to like. Well, what's that about that school? Okay, mm-hmm. so I just don't know a lot of people nowadays mm-hmm. who would who would go somewhere and wa- like even w- like wash dishes or like you can even so put it right in front of them yeah. and they won't take advantage mm-hmm. of it. I told my staff I was like, look, I have a great network. If you want to meet so and so, here's crickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. but thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, so. How long from uh, how long from when you were uh, working at Upper Crust till you ended up I- in uh, Burgundy? Okay, so I left Upper Crust. I was kind of a bad employee, but we won't get into that. So, and then I went to <laughs> got another job, um, and I was which which one did I go to first? I think I went to Cafe Raquel, which was originally Raquel for Serge Raoul, who had a bistro in Soho called Raoul's. 
and Thomas Keller. They partnered, and then when the mm. stock market crashed, late oh, 80s, 87? Yep, yep, they downscaled and called it Cafe Raquel, and it was run by two consultants. My manager was Andrew Zimmern, and his business partner, Stephen Colt, was a chef. So you so really that was do interesting. know everybody. I know everybody, Shit. and I was there yeah. in the early days, yeah. right? Yeah. So, anywho. And then I left there and I went to a restaurant that was way ahead of its time called Nosmo King, and which was like no smoking, but Nosmo. So it was one of the few restaurants that you couldn't smoke in. I remember. I remember I, people I, smoke. I, actually, I used to smoke for a little bit. Oh, I went yeah. through my period of smoking. I remember we go out to dinner mm -hmm. and, you know, smoking before the appetizer, smoke after the appetizer. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yes, yeah, but crazy. I do remember. Yeah, yeah I do remember. Um but also, listen to this. Not only that, they had, it was fine dining, mm -hmm. but they had tables, wooden tables without tablecloths. So nobody was doing that then. Which, they which, which was, would have been taboo, which is now the, the new peasant chic, which is everything. Exactly. Sitting at the table. I hate them long tables. I've read a long table. I better know all 12 people at the fucking table with me. I know. I don't like communal I, tables. Yeah, I don't need to sit next yeah. to someone. But I anyway, yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they were making cocktails from fresh juices. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean You mean this generation didn't invent craft cocktails no. and mixology? Uh-uh, they didn't. And being foodies, and we think we covered that in the first hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. They were cooking with seaweed and tofu. Wait a minute. Local, organic, sustainable. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, they were so ahead of their time. Wow. And the one of the owners, Stephen Frankel, who maybe he'll listen to this. I'll send him the link. We're Facebook mm. friends now. Um, used to, you know, Go to flea markets and bring some like knickknacks for the Chotskis, restaurant. Chotskis, mm -hmm. yep. You know, get character. the flavor. Yeah, it yep. was an awesome restaurant. Um, the chef was, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, Alan Harding, and he had worked for maybe Thomas Keller, a couple you know high end places. So, you know, had that pedigree. Mm -hmm. They got some good reviews. It was great then, like, but they it was below Canal and just above Montrachet. They just weren't doing that well. They let me go, and I was like, now what am I gonna do? So I went back to waiting tables. Why well, I tried to get another management job, I interviewed at Gotham, mm -hmm. and <coughs> they said, we don't have anything, but we have this uh, sister restaurant we're opening, and he said Mesa, but I hand wrote it as Besa Grill, because uh, I like <laughs> I forgot what it was. So I end up going to Mesa, and the, you know, again, they're all looking at me like I'm a Martian, because I'm an intelligent black woman who's interested in food and motivated and, well, we don't really have a management position for you. Um, you go wait tables. I'm like, okay, fine. I just need to wait tables before I go to France. Anyways, I don't want the responsibility. So I was a server there. Was Bobby there at the time? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, he, he opened it. That's what and I, I had eaten at <coughs> his restaurant, Miracle Grill. Mm -hmm. I'd eaten at Miracle Grill in the East Village. So I kind of, I you know, and I didn't really know of him, but I kind of did. Mm -hmm. Well, because there was food. no social media. Yeah, exactly. And, and there wasn't celebrity chefs. Not really. Um, which I, this whole like we'll get we're gonna get that. But yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll get back there. But I opened yeah. it, you know, as a server. Okay. And um, you know, the service, the the training was really intense, and they had high expectations. Yeah, talk about it because I'm li I'm listening to Will Goddard's book, Unreasonable Hospitality, and I think. Oh, I got to download that one. Yeah, because I can't audible. read it. I don't yeah. read it. Yeah, I yeah. Do, I'm, when I'm on the treadmill. Yeah, and um, there is this thing now where um, we want, we definitely want more people to be represented in these fields. But I don't think people understand 
this is like the MBA of like service. This is like, like yeah, it's not, yeah, not playing around. Yeah, yeah, and the, no, there was no, there was no playing around. And this was um, 1991, Ooh. and you know, Gotham Bar and Grill with Chef Alfred Patale was like, you know, probably New York Times three or four star restaurant. Mm -hmm. So their team was training us, you know, and. I forgot the restaurant viewer's name right now. Brian, Brian, what's Brian's last name? I don't remember. Miller, Brian Miller. You know, we knew he was going to come in no. and, you know, who's going to wait on him and all this stuff. And it was a relatively new cuisine. There was something uptown. I forgot what it was called. And a lot of the service came from that restaurant. But nobody was really cooking southwestern food. Yeah. So we, I was getting educated mm -hmm. on all the nuances of the different chilies and peppers and then I had to educate the consumer yep. <coughs> sorry um, and so it was just really cool and then there's this you know this young guy who <coughs> um, went to I think French Culinary Institute um, and you know he's cooking he's charismatic and I'm telling him I'm thinking about cooking school I'm taking classes mm -hmm. and he's encouraging me it's like oh cool yeah I'll go do that because what I heard from so my goal was to be a restaurateur got it um, but I heard from other people that you want to know the food so that if you're going to manage a chef and their food costs, it, they can't pull one over exactly, on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I ended up, you know, pursuing that. Um, and I thought about the wine business for a while, but as you know, back in the day, it was only white dudes in, uh, blue suits. Oh, and I was going to tell you after I left Nosmo King, uh, Tracy Dutton, who is now the, uh, wine director at the CIA in, in Napa, Greystone and, uh, downtown Napa, Copia. Mm -hmm was my manager there mm. and you know that's where I learned what like a fish spoon was and like all this like formalities and she's like you know my friend Michael Green um, <clears throat> runs this wine shop with his dad and I think you know you know they might have an opening so I went and worked at Acre Merrill and Condit you worked at fucking Acre too I did because I, I was like not did you? Like, yes, I worked at Acker. I didn't know that. Steve Green is a yeah, retail Steve. wine oh legend. He's like, Tanya, bring me the Verve Clicquot. And I was like, Verve? Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. And <laughs> butchered my, I love Michael. I, I need to have Michael Michael went to UVA. The, did I, you know that? I did not know that. And I didn't know him then. I didn't know he went to UVA. <clears throat> I so need to have him on the pod. We reconnected on you LinkedIn. You gotta have him on the and, and like he's like, again, OG. Like, want to talk mm -hmm. about a real influencer. Like before, without super social media. OG. Super OG. Oh, my God. I did not know you worked at Acker. Yeah, yes. and they put me in champagne. It was holiday. They're like, here, master champagne. Here's what you got to know about it. Steve Green said to me, he's like, one of my favorite lines, because I'm just, you've, you've talked to me before. We got introduced by Jeff, and like, yeah. just, it shit just rolls off my head. And like, so with some, I started working there in September, like, September, I started working the most busy time of season. I never, yep. never worked in wine, yep. because I, I used to hang out with John, the son. Oh. Oh wow! Okay, and John was just starting to take over from this. So it was in '97. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was he's like a baby or yeah, something. He was, when he I was, worked never, there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Run, um, I worked through 1990. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! So I love Steve, <laughs> but I remember Steve said one time, like you know, we were we we're slammed. It's like November orders. Yeah. And, he, and uh, he goes, Mr. Marvin, because my when my government name is Marvin John. He's like, <laughs> Mr. Marvin, are you free? And I, and I, I just said, since 1864. It just rolled off the top of oh! my head. <laughs> and everybody just started cracking <laughs> That's up. That's a good one. But I always, I use this line on people all the time. Like People are like, why are you, you know, I love wine. But I, Steve Green gave me perspective. He's like, 
I don't understand. You know, he would sell. He could sell anything. Yeah. He'd be like, he'd be like oh my God, Miss Miss Mrs. Myers. Let me tell you, we just got this in. It's a Chateau Direct that <laughs> Michael picked out. Chateau Jean Gervais, <laughs> just copious amounts of tobacco and black. <laughs> and it was like some shit we called on the DI. Uh -huh. It would dump immediately, like just. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, wow. But he said, people. He's like. Wine is just a pit stop between grape juice and vinegar. And, and that <laughs> has always given me perspective. As much as I love it, it gives me perspective That's on it. That's hilarious. Right? And you, if wow. you've worked with Steve, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's such a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot there. And, and so I was living in an apartment, too, and I used to bake and cook. And I'd bring them. Like I, baked, I remember baking a cake there and taking it there. They loved me. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah. "What's Tanya bringing us today?" <laughs> um, and then I also an Acker was a pioneer. Always had some people of color working there. Yeah, they absolutely. They always did. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of like, oh, can't. Oh, no, they never treated me like. Yeah, you know, no. In a like, particular can you do the job? Yeah. Like, yeah, like exactly. They, they like this person smart. Yep. Exactly. We can work with you. Exactly. Yeah. And curious. Yeah, and, and that was my thing too. Yep. I see, I had the same pivot. Yep. I was like, you oh my god, I can never know it all. Exactly. I can never know it all. This is what I need to do. Exactly. I can never know all. The, uh, always challenging. Yep. Always, always challenging. challenging. Um, and I can't remember if it was Michael or someone connected me to Michael Skrinnick. and so I also worked at a couple of his tastings. Okay. Pouring. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, they always needed extra hands. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be paid in a case of wine. Oh, okay, sounds mm -hmm. good to me. Mm -hmm. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, I was at this one tasting, and I wore a red dress, and you know, and I'm a black woman, and and, yeah. and they're just like they're like, yeah, they yeah. didn't know what to do yeah. with me. <laughs> so I'm also I'm I'm leaving there. My friends, we had plans to go see Pavarotti in the park, and I'm yeah. like, I got the wine. Starts pouring raining. I'm I'm. This is a funny story, but kind of, my dress shrinks in the rain, but I got it at Macy's. So I took it back to Macy's, and I gave me a new one. <laughs> You just love Macy's back in the day. Ah, uh, yeah. I like Macy's now. And by the way, the Macy's in San Francisco sucks. So I went today. I had a gift. Somebody gave me a gift card. Mm -hmm. And I went there today and went shopping because the Macy's in New York is amazing because it's a flagship. It better be. It better be. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, you know, beginning my wine. And then, of course, I go to school in Burgundy. And so. Okay. Duh. Lots and of wine around there. What was that? What was that like? Uh, black woman in <clears> Burgundy. <throat> Have you seen The Shining? <laughs> <laughs> When, everybody, when everyone's like, you lived in a chateau in Burgundy, I was like, yeah, have you seen The Shining? Yeah. Because it was like that. Because it was like 10 of us in this big chateau, and we were like bored, and yeah. you'd hear noises, and then there was like this forest <laughs> near it, and you know, you just like had a, an imagination, and right. yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was beautiful. I was an avid cyclist at that time, and I took my bike. I'm like, how did I do that? I had like a dead body bag, duffel bag. Remember those yeah, big? Yeah, yeah. And I'm on the train with my bicycle and my bag, and I don't know where the hell I'm going. And I get off, and I, you know, I, I can speak the language and read a little, a little, you know. And but, you know, you're 25 and 26. I think I was. I can't remember. 26. It's like you just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. But it was it was cool. Um, you know. It was different and a different kind of racism. <laughs> you know, obviously we experience yeah, racism a, in this it, country. It has a flavor, different flavor. Yeah, it has yeah. A, it has a French flavor. <laughs> but again, I tell people, the if you work hard and you're smart there, that's what mattered there. I got treated worse in American kitchens. Like I, there was just I wouldn't like, believe that. Just show up, I, do I the work. That. And and part of the Because there's a hateration when you're when like when you're smarter than somebody. I was like, bro. Right? right. Bro, I, well, I'm like, I what my mom taught me how to read. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. it, and how to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um. yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and 
you know, oh God, there's so many like digressions, but you know, that was a thing on Top Shop that I hated the most. I'm like, are you kidding me? I gotta hang out with these people 24 seven? <laughs> like, yeah, so like, anyways, okay, back to France. So we'll get, we'll bet. No, yeah, no, I know we got to get well, to that no, media piece too, though. But no, I know we got. I'm just like, look, we got, okay, I know. Okay, I mean, we can talk uh, all day long. Know, but you have to be at the James Beard uh, <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go to the board meeting. Yeah. B O R E G. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> no, it's probably not changing. the board, not the B O A R D. No, but it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, uh. How long was the training in Burgundy? In so the program was a nine-month program, okay. but I was there. I arrived in September, mm-hmm. and after, bef- just before the holidays, the director would come back to the States and teach at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. And so we had to – we were on our own. That's another thing about money. People say, like people think West Virginia think deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think again. Yeah, I mean, the Greenbrier yeah, Resort. Like the largest like coal mine probably in America family, like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yep. And Blackberry by the way, Farm down in Tennessee, tobacco money. Exactly. And by the way, it was the bunker where all the executive, you know, um, politicians, pres- I think it was, I don't know if it was president, but definitely vice president down would go if there was like, you a know, situation. a bomb scare mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Like football fields. Underground. Yeah. Crazy. So anyways, um, so she's like, well, what am I going to do for four months? I can't afford to go back to the States. Some of the kids went back to see mm-hmm. their parents. So they had a chambre de bone, which is a maid's chamber on the seventh floor walk up <laughs> of their, of this well, building. Well, you were where the shape, you to be. ride your bikes? Oh, you yeah. Like no, like I was in shape that. And, you know, th- and also the bike, yeah, it's a national sport, mm-hmm. basically. So I was treated with respect. That was so... So I just loved it. It was like one of the best times of my life. Um, so I go to Paris, and you'll love this. Um, you know, I can't afford to just hang out there. I need to get a job. They're not, a pay- they're not paying Americans to work in kitchens. Mm. They're, they're like, you want to work here? You're working for free. <laughs> so I had to get a job waiting tables. I tell people I prostituted my fine dining skills, and I worked mm. at the Chicago Pizza Pie Factory. Damn. On the Champs-Élysées. Wow. Just off the Champs-Élysées. Mm. I wore a black A-frame, A-frame dress. Mm-hmm. That was my <coughs> uniform. If you don't know A-frame, just like the A, right? Got a name tag that says, hello, my name is Tanya. Um, they had those micros badges. Remember those, you know, point of sale? Yeah. Like you had to put your badge in, and it was on a telephone cord. And so if that's not bad enough, guess what? We had to dance to Grease Lightning Every time it came on, it was totally choreographed. If you wow. didn't dance, you could potentially get fired. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> and then I then I started enjoying it because the French were like, "Are you gonna dance soon?" You know, like, in French. And like, I, I know they're like, "She's running to Josephine Baker." Yeah. <laughs> Let's see that black girl dance. And I was and I was wearing my hair like that back yeah. then too. And um, uh, the, at first I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't know." And then. We'd start hearing, look at me, I'm Sandra D. That means this yep. lightning was next. And so we'd have to like kind of make sure our tables were all set. I'm like, excusez-moi, je dois danser. <laughs> like, I have to go dance. I must go dance. And then we'd like run up and we just got crazy. It was so stupid. It was, but you know, it was a job. And I'm serving. Again, I, I just like, I, you know, I don't know any influence that would do this. <laughs> so awesome. For four months. And right. then I go back to school to finish a program for five months. And um, But I couldn't take the final exam because they wanted me to come back and take it with these other students. Like, we were all like kind of these staggered arrivals, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, you know, by the way, we owe you a two-week placement in a, in a restaurant. 
where do you want to go? And I was like, well, Provence, of course. And she's like, oh, I know the perfect place. It was on an island called Porquerolles. Mm. It's off the coast near Toulon and Saint-Tropez. Okay. Mm. It didn't suck. Yeah. Um, so like it. it was a Relayan Chateau with one Michelin star. And uh, the chef had worked for Alain Ducasse. He worked mm. at Luca Carton. He worked for Michel Girard. These like super big Michelin star names. So I felt like through osmosis, I got three star experience, and there I did. So I get there. They only, you know, it's only people ferries. You don't no cars on the island unless you actually are a resident. And I'm working six days a week for no pay, you know, because that's what you do there. And on my day off, I was they had these little bikes, so I'm like biking there. I didn't bring my bike, but I was biking on one of their little road bikes, and I see this winery, and there's, they're serving a rosé from Ile de Pocoro. And I go up and I meet the winemaker, and I was like, oh, this is delicious. And um, I'm like, do you sell your wine like to places in the States? He's like, yeah, we like to sell it to restaurants on islands, and we sell it to this restaurant on Martha's Vineyard called the Oyster Bar, and it's really good. I was like, oh, okay, French dude just said the uh, there's a good, right. Mm -hmm. And I had met two other people that, Asked me if I'd ever been to Martha's Vineyard, and yep. I'd never been. Yep. So long story short, I ended up working there the following summer. But I have to tell this story, because I told you about the Procter & Gamble thing. Yep. So the school, during the sessions, they would have us there 10 days on and four days off, because they're like, you're going to go. It's going to be like The Shining if you stay. You know, you have to <laughs> leave. <laughs> you know. So I was like, where do I go? And you know, this one woman was like, you must go to Bone. So I go to Bone. You know, it's a little boring, actually. But, you know, it was, it was cute to go there. And then went to Arl. And I get to Arl. And I had met this guy in New York, this crazy when I was at Mesa, whose family had an olive oil company and olive groves. And, I, you know, I reached out to him. I don't even remember how. Like, you know, how do you reach people back then? There was no internet. It was amazing. There was no, right, like. You wrote him a letter the once. Can <laughs> I wrote him a letter. <laughs> that, I did. Like, oh, let me try this address. <laughs> exactly. Get the can call on information. The yeah. I, you know, the pay phone. Yep, the can on the street. So, um, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm in Arl. But before I got, before I saw him, there was a farmer's market. And I went there, and I got some saucy son and some bread, and I bought a half a bottle of rosé. And I was like, thank you, Procter & Gamble, for not hiring me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you know, life is, yep. you just yep. never know. And yep. so I, I had lots of gratitude when I was there, even when people weren't saying stuff like that. I'm so grateful. I have gratitude. I, I know, remember? <laughs> we just did. We just, we just actually did. were grateful. <laughs> exactly. Didn't have to read a book about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> didn't, ha didn't need to let everybody know. No, I didn't let everybody know. <laughs> and it maybe it was just, it was pounded our heads. Mm -hmm. you, you better be glad for what you got, boy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, oh. It's my dad. That, that, that was when he that, grew up, he used to eat wish sandwiches. Yeah. Wish I, I had, had some meat to go between these bread. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, All those stories. Walked uphill both ways. In the so snow. then after, pro let me tell you quickly, after uh, Pocarol, I yep. ended up going to Chambéry to do a stage with a chef who used to come to the school. Um, and I did. I told people I rode my bike to work uphill both ways because it was in the Alps. Um, like legit. Yeah, know, yeah, and he also, he worked with the chef on Porquerolles for um, Luca Carton, which I forgot the name of that chef there, but in a Parisian, you know, three Michelin star restaurant, and for Michel Girard, um, and he worked at some other place there, um, and it was like, oof, it was brutal. It was brutal, and I was treated fine, but they were really racist against the North Africans. Right. Yeah, right. so I witnessed that, and I'm right. just like, Wow! Right. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was like, I was like, oh. yeah, it was I'm it not, was interesting. I, I was like that day. I know Morocco wanted to win that soccer game really bad. 
really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, there's a history there, you know. So, um, and then I then I got really tired of being a foreigner. I mean, I feel like if I had stayed six more months, I could have been really fluent because um, I had a boyfriend at that time, and that really helps with language, by the way. Yeah. If you're if you're involved with someone, you know, and and that's the only language they speak. Um, but I was like, I can't. So I came back for Christmas, and the story goes on, which right. I'll continue when you're ready. Um, yeah. So like, kind of what like, you know. Yeah, we got time. So, yeah. what was your first kind of like gig back after training in or being schooled in Burgundy? Yeah, so I wrote everybody from France, and I still have the cover letters. I wrote Jean Georges, Daniel, yep. David, um, you know, everyone, because I wanted to work in the five star restaurant. Mm-hmm. I had these ambitions to be like the first black woman Michelin mm-hmm. star or mm-hmm. New York Times, you know, mm-hmm. restaurant. And I was writing these menus and cooking all up the stuff, um, and. You know, I got a few responses, and I so I had a friend in New York, and I came and stayed, and I went to interviews. You know, my name sounds pretty Anglo, Tanya Holland, and I showed up, and they looked at me like I had two heads on my shoulder. Isn't that the best? Yeah, I mean it's the worst, but like I know that, like when I talk to talk to people on the phone. Yeah, this was nineteen ninety two. Yeah, and they come in like, oh, she speaks so well, and and that too, and I was like. Um, yeah, so I got I trailed at a couple restaurants. I trailed at JoJo's, John George's first and only restaurant at that time, and because I worshipped him, and I remember hearing one of the French servants said like, "Oh, c'est une fille, it's a girl." So I didn't even know if it was like, you know, yeah, m- what my was. gender yeah, or yeah. my you know whatever. Yeah. Didn't get an offer there. Got an offer at Lurbanadan. Wow. To work for three dollars and ninety five cents an hour, I think it was, and I was like, where am I supposed to live? You know, I just I I just couldn't fathom it. It's kind of one of my biggest regrets because, but I was like 27 at that point. I was like, what? I can't. I use, yeah, I can't work for less than 4.25 an right. hour. Right. You know, I was I just you. like, I can't that's do. Insane. Where am I gonna? How am I but gonna? But that's also something too that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, mm-hmm. So everybody way. worked there. Yeah. Was either from New York, so they're living at their parents' yep. home, or they were living like six people in a bedroom, like yep. that scene from Treme. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, no, yeah. or you know, wherever they were living, like in Brooklyn before anyone lived in Brooklyn. Exactly. You might may as well or, say or I live in Kansas. Jersey City back then. and Hoboken before right. they were turned. Ex- you know, exactly, you know? exactly. So um, yeah. I ended up writing that chef in Martha's Vineyard, and I went to okay. uh, well, I went back to Rochester. And I worked for six months at this restaurant called the Brasserie for the chef Jerry Veracci. And funny enough, I ran into him. I was dining at Zuni like a month ago and he walks by but he came to my book party like he's been no, following that's me awesome. yeah and he came he was like one of the first graduating classes from the culinary institute of america oh my god and he was really tough but i just i was like i gotta go out of rochester i can't stand rochester right. so i ended up taking this job on martha's vineyard at the oyster bar yep. cook there then the natural segue because it's seasonal was to go to boston mm-hmm. and i wanted to work for a woman so i wrote jody adams and lydia shire Lydia was like roaming around the world. Jody was like, I don't need anyone right now, but you should go work for my friend Gordon. I was like, who? Um, but Gordon Hamsley was a James Beard Award winner. So that, of course, significant, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, work there. And that was one of the kitchens where they were just like, you trained in France? You went to UVA? Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to teach you anything, yeah. you know? And, and he was like, well, you could be the pastry chef. That'd be easy. And I'm like, um, not what I want to do. So I left, went back to the vineyard for another summer, worked at a different restaurant, and then I think I reached out, yeah, I reached out to Bobby, um, and I was like, 
because again, nobody was paying anything. And he actually paid decent money because they were making great money. Mm-hmm. And I went and I cooked there for almost two years, worked every position of the line. There wasn't a management track um, job for me, and I really wanted that. So I started trailing around, ended up working for Diane Forley at Verbena. She was ahead of her time, too. She was doing farm to table, uh, really high end. But I start watching her. You know, she had Bernardo China and Riedel glassware. Mm-hmm. And every time something got broken, it was like, oh, you just see her. And I was like, yeah, okay, note to self. You know, love fine dining, but it's probably not worth that. Um, and so that while I was there, this coworker, she's like, hey, my aunt's thinking of opening a restaurant in Boston. And I was like, oh, she's like, she's looking for a black chef, executive chef. You should talk to her. And, you know, Boston wasn't ready. It was, <laughs> you think, <laughs> but she, you know, had this idea and uh, it was going to be called Brick Tops and Brick Top Smith, got to Google her, was a cabaret singer in the 40s who used to entertain, have integrated parties and like a club and all this stuff. And so I we're naming it after know. her. Mm-hmm. And she lived in Boston later in her life. Um, and she used to donate to the Catholic uh, church. And so they had a Brick Top Day. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And um, we just couldn't raise the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a couple, her partner at the time was teaching at Harvard, and we had a couple academics. I did a tasting menu. I cooked for Cornell West. That was one of my highlights. And that was kind of cool, uh, but couldn't raise the money. So then I think I ended up taking this job in New York because I went to Alan Harding, the one from Nasmo King. And at the time, I was friends with Marvel Tali. And they both were like, you can learn as much from yourself as you can working for others. And they were like, just go for it, Tanya. And I was like, really? Because no, no one was giving me leadership opportunities. Right. And so I just I did it. And I yeah. went for it. And yeah. I got like a, one of my first reviews in The Village Voice, which doesn't exist anymore. Or does it? Remember I, The Village Voice? I, I love The Village Voice. That's yeah. how I would know <laughs> what shows. I, that's how I'd find incredible artists. Yes. And you should go to <coughs> the Wetlands Preserve all the time. Mm. CBGB's. I remember there. Definitely went to CBGB's. Frankie Jackson Soul Ooh, Kitchen. those bathrooms at CBGB's. Oof, yeah. <laughs> and so, anyways, um, so that's you know from there, I just started running my own kitchens, for for better for worse. That's so cool. So, um, yeah. How 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 does one get on Top Chef? Um, I went kicking and screaming. They asked me for several seasons, okay. and I was just like. So let me tell you how I got in the Food Network in 2001. Yeah. I was the first black woman chef cast on the Food Network, <laughs> by the way. And I was working for this restaurant in Manhattan, and my the owner was a bit of a misogynist, and I was like, I'm done with, I can't, in the kitchen, I'm just done, I need a break. A friend of mine was managing a restaurant around the corner, El Teddy's, I don't know if you remember El mm-hmm. Teddy's. Like I just want to wait tables. You know, I just got to pay my bills. I don't know what I'm gonna do in the kitchen. I got to go back. What is this love? I got to speak for you. Like, th- what is this love for this industry that like you've done all this stuff? I right. And you why am I still with here? Bobby, you 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 had run your own kitchen for a while, and you're like, you know what? I just I can't. I'm just gonna wait tables. Like like like, why didn't you walk away? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I want to hear the story, but I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I love like, hospitality. I and I liked. <sighs> the atmosphere of working with this really diverse, you know, before DEI, restaurants were executing DEI. Because they had to. Exactly. Because it's just where everybody, it was like the land of misfit toys. It's where everybody shows up and everybody's welcome. 
you know, even though there were some biases in different places, but you know what Once I mean? service starts, fucking do the job. Yeah, that's all we care about. Yeah. We're going to kill this yeah, one. Yeah, and we are, I know. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was, I'm like, I'm just blown. Okay, so May 2001. I? Yeah, please. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, no. Oh, no, that's, oh, yeah. So I'm waiting tables Perfect. there. Yep. Um, and I was a pseudo alum at Peter Combs because mm-hmm. I had, you know, washed dishes and been there. So I called the director of career planning. And I was like, would, you know, I'm looking for executive sous, sous chef, something, you know, executive chef of a small restaurant. Call me if you hear anything. Two weeks later, he calls me. He's like, I haven't found anything like that, Tanya, but the Food Network is looking for an African-American female chef for a new show concept. Are you interested? I was like. Uh, I'm not a chef, but that's the call I'm waiting to get. Right? Right? You'd be good. Yeah. Well, so all I knew was Bobby had done Chillin' and Grillin' and, you know, Sarah Moulton and some other stuff. And I was like, sure. Sarah Moulton. Right? So I go, and I think Two Hot Tamales, and, you know, there are a couple other people. So I go to do. Bam! Right, right. And Emerald was just starting. Just starting. Yeah. So I go to do the um, talent test. What do you call it? The tryout? The uh, Uh, screen test, audition. Yeah, audition. And I took my friend Bob, who I was with last night, went to college together, and he's kind of like, he makes me laugh. And I was like, come with me. And I get there, and I'm in front of the camera, and it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, and they ask you to bring a recipe to cook. So I'm like, cornbread? Yeah, so I make cornbread, and I'm like talking. So they tell you, like, okay, we're going to put you through media training now. I got the, I got the, yep. the role or yep. whatever. Yep. So I go through media training with Aaron Sanchez and Padma Lachmi. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were on the same series of Melting Pot, as was Rocco Despirito, Kat Cora, Wayne Harley Brackman, Michael Simon, hmm. um, Michelle. Mm-hmm. See, they did yeah. not reinvest in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was tested with this gentleman from L.A., and we didn't have a good um, rapport. So the producer called me after two days of media training. And then I did a third day. He's like, nobody can come. But we have the trainer on the third day. Can you do it by yourself? I was like, sure. And that's where he saw me shine. He's like, okay, we're getting you a new co-host. And then they found my co-host, who was a Jamaican woman. So we were in the Soul Kitchen, and we talked <laughs> yeah. about yeah. our – and there was air quotes there for those of you who can't see them. I guess you are. Too, it'll, right? it'll be on, <laughs> on YouTubers. Right, right. YouTubers, so. um, and so she talked about her Caribbean heritage. I talked about my Southern American, and yep. we would do recipes. Right. And, you know, It was all scripted, unscripted, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do more food TV. I thought that was going to be my life. Yeah. And then, you know, they didn't reinvest. But um, I was able to sell my first cookbook because I had that platform. But they rushed it out because, you know, we didn't know how long it was going to last. And That's the book it. shows. So, right. Yeah. What was that first book? New Soul Cooking. It's New out of print. Okay. And I thought, well, you let's, know. Well, let's, let's, let's make a run go on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. eBay. Oh, no. Pump it up. And I, yeah, right. And I thought that um, – Oh, for sure I'll get the executive chef position that I want now, and I'll just have an opportunity just like Bobby had. (laughs) (laughs) That did not happen. I tell people accolades don't pay the bills. Mm-mm. Exactly. People are like you're so successful. People are like, you're oh, so the pocket's blowing up. You're in wine and through blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm like, you're killing it. Mm-kay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I'm killing it. I'm good to be here with you, but you don't know how this thing works. I'm trying to figure it out. 100%. And I could have oh, the stories I could well, tell. We'll talk. We were friends. We were, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I texted you the first night. You texted me the first night. Yep. We, Jeff introduced us. I couldn't get on the phone. I was like, no, mm-hmm. Jeff, uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff. After eight o'clock, mm-hmm. 
It's after 8 o'clock, and it's legal in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't even realize. Thank you for saying that. First of all, first black woman will be on it. I like that's a bullet point I would have wish I had known. Which There was a black woman who was hosting like a travel show. Yeah. She was more of like a talking head. She came from, you know, news media New, yeah, or something like probably, that. Yeah, yeah like but not anchor. chef. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also I thought, like what you said was interesting, like because I watch a lot of people on TV now, and I'm like, for me – Oh, you asked me about Top Chef. Yeah, I got to yeah, get back yeah, to that. Right, but, but for me, I think they have, they're trying to make people into TV stars who aren't a lot of times. Hello. Like, 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 and, and also now they're just, they're just cranking out so much content. Like, people yep. haven't even done shit. Uh, that part. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, yep. so yeah, so, <laughs> so you had to What's the actual fuck? Yeah, yeah, it really is. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, like, I've reached out what? to people to be on the podcast who are younger than you, yeah. younger than us, yep. and they're too fancy. But then, like, well, fucking Eric, Eric Azimov came on, <sighs> yeah. okay, and I've yeah. you know fucking Isaiah Thomas came on. Like, bro, like, I think this is a pretty interesting podcast, and I share mm-hmm. great stories. Mm-hmm. But like, you ain't. I'm like, cause I'm I'm fifty. I'm like, I feel you got it. You but you ain't minutes, but you ain't you ain't really done shit, bro. <laughs> I know. You ain't even like you ain't even go to UVA or have a fucking uh, law degree. I I'm like know. I don't, I'm trying to figure you out. I know, I know. Sorry, tu pa, tu little rap. Yeah, yeah. And ja govoru pa ruski, tože govoru pa ruski. Ato bo mi glavni primjer v univerzitetja. Thank you. I was going to tell you, ask me something Russian. There you go. That's for y'all. You know who you are. Right. Exactly. So yeah, you're just kind of still, but but you said this earlier, and I love it. I love it. I love it. You like I just love it. I just love hospitality. Right, and speaking of which, you know what I would always say to my staff: a little humility goes a long way. But it was like falling on deaf ears, yeah. by the way. But like that's just how I was raised. You know, you just you, you show up, you do it. I mean, Anthony Bourdain said, "I love his quotes about when he was when he was a cook. He was like, you know, he said everything you said. Misfits get the job done." Uh, I mean, he tells this one story where he was talking shit to the black guy. He, he burnt his hand. He showed him like his hand was just his hand was his hand was the oven mitt from just grab. He literally the pot. He burnt his hand. He just said, <laughs> "Yeah, play, sorry, play, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah." I mean, it's it. it makes oh no, these kids like oh, I burned myself. <laughs> Do you see these scars? Are you kidding me? I mean, I mean. Yeah, I got stories. I don't know if it's how much time we got for this Unfortunately, audience. Unfortunately, you got no. Go I got hit. I got hit by a car in between my shifts. So we had split shifts on Martha's Vineyard. I ride my bike, get hit by a car. I go back to work. You went back to work. Yeah, yeah. my tooth was like, <laughs> you know, and I went to work. I couldn't miss my shift. Like seriously, I got to take my cat to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, Don't get me started. Listen, I want to get you. We'll, you're, we're definitely going to have to do something part I want to come back. This is fun. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, part two. Or okay. maybe I'll come visit you. I want to take the show on the road. Let's since, do since, that. Since I I've ha- got all the equipment because okay. I had a podcast. Oh, that's right. So great. Perfect. Let's do it. I just got my own equipment uh, as well because I'm like, okay, well, you know yeah. I guess I'm going to have to have my own TV show since. Yeah, let's since make it's opportunities right in front of for ourselves. People's faces. We got to make opportunities for ourselves. And I'm on that track right now, too. Exactly. So, but, you know, be you. In the trenches, for, for lack of a better term, or just in, in, in what you love and doing and finding ways to do and stay in it. Yeah. And they had been coming at, Food Network had been coming oh, back yeah, at you for yeah. how long? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, not the Food Network. They didn't. They didn't. You know, come back to yeah. Top Chef was it Bravo? Yeah, Top Chef reached out to me. I had just opened my restaurant, and I think they were on season two or three, and then kept reaching out. I was like, no, like I don't need to compete. I'll be a judge. Like I am established, and I've already done this. So come along, you know, season fifteen. They come out, and they're like, come on, you know. I'm clear. I'm clear that they need a black woman chef, and there's right. not a lot of us, right. you know, and someone who's got a personality. And I wasn't going to do it. And my staff was like, "Oh, chef, go. We got this. You got to do it." And I and I went down to do my audition, and you know, I got accepted. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Nah, I can't do this," you know. And you know, and I said no. Mm. And then I get, they begged me again, and I was like, and I saw that it had changed. The, trajectory of a lot of my you know colleagues so it was exposure and i like guy mr money fury <laughs> well was oh. he was he on top no shelf? no he was no. um chopped next, he was on chopped. no he's the next, oh, next next great next yeah food network star, star or something yeah yeah, yeah. so but it, it, it depends and not everybody who was on that has become a star but like no. it, if you have a brain so you right and you and you had opened brown sugar kitchen at that point oh yeah it okay. had been open okay. for All right. Gosh, it had been open for like seven years okay. or so at that point. So yeah, so I went and you know I was like crossing my fingers. Top Chef Hawaii, Top Chef Hawaii, yeah. Top Chef Hawaii. It's like nope, you're going to Colorado. Again, <laughs> 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 it is a beautiful state, and I, I mean, have. But a you were overstaying. You're like, no, you're like, when I was yeah. 18 and wanted to ski. Okay, exactly. Um, but I, I had a new appreciation for the state. Where now. was it in Colorado? Well, Where? we moved around. Okay, so we Did moved ever, uh, Denver to Colorado. Uh, you to must know Bobby Stuckey. You have to know Bobby Stuck. Love that man. Love that man. He's so awesome. I met him like at a conference at Drexel, and I mean. That man is old school yep. hospitalities, mm-hmm. manners. He sent me a note. It's great to meet you. Here's a Fresca exactly. t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I finally made it there. That's where I was just before lockdown. I was flying wow. out of Denver um, because I'd been in um, Boulder. Mm-hmm. I ate there two nights in a row because that's how good it was. Mm-hmm. And hospitality, like I again, I'm so passionate about hospitality. So is that guy. He's like, he's like, and he is. He he's is like, I love, king. I love bussing tables. Is exactly. What I do too. I love it because I'm good at it. Right. And it's like anticipating people's needs. The lost art of being good at something. Exactly. It's not menial if you're good at it. Right. It's menial because you're not good at it and you don't care about it. And you, exactly. And you change people's experience and perception. Exactly. You know, they feel they're like, you know, king and queen for a night. You're like, may I bring you another? You notice things like, I notice your napkin is soiled. May I bring you another one? Oh my God! Right. You know what right. I mean? It's just that extra mile. It's so great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, so, so I went. You went. Um, it did. It was great exposure. I, I was at the airport the other day, leaving SFO, and this guy is looking at me, and you know, he kind of smiled, and I'm not thinking. I was like, no, smile back. Yeah. He's like, were you on Top Chef? <laughs> and I was like, I was. <laughs> I said a while ago. He's like, that was my favorite season. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's like, cool. Yeah, it, it is cool, you know. But again, it's not paying the bills. No, exactly. I tell people. And we don't get paid to do that show, by the way. People don't Ooh, know that. they do now. We didn't even get hair and makeup. Like, oh, Miss Lashmi I had and a, other folks. Yeah, I had, um, it's coming up soon, Channing Fry, NBA player, Chosen Family Wines. Out in Oregon. Oh, cool. Yeah, very cool. Don't brother. know him, but I'd yeah. love to meet him. Yeah, we'll, we'll hook something up. We'll do a dinner. I'm going to Portland next month to go to Cannes. 
Okay. Gregory I'll, Gorday's new restaurant. I'll, uh, I'll connect you two. Okay, cool. Um, I would love to do a dinner because I got to start doing yeah. events because I don't make any money. Yeah, I know. Um, and you can make money of events. Let's do exactly, exactly. events I'm together. Ser- yeah, but it's totally. I'm, I'm serious. I know. I'm serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Shannon, Shannon's like, you know, he's an NBA player. was eighth pick in the draft. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I said, he said, you're famous. I said, Shannon, I'm podcast famous. <laughs> right. <laughs> that means like 500 people know who right. I am. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. And I'm top chef famous. It, and yeah, it doesn't it, even. It, does, it doesn't mean Oakland even. famous. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Oakland famous is kind of dope, though. <laughs> it is a little bit. We you have, walk around you, Oakland. Now, you have, yeah, you know, did you see I ran to Kamal the other day? You saw my post, Kamal oh, Bell. Oh, you ran to Kamal? Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, Oakland is cool. But you also know, like, people used to find my restaurant, this little joint. It was a, the accidental, because I was aspirational, but it was the only lease I could get. Yep. And I tell people, um, the landlords wouldn't rent to me until my now ex-husband signed the lease as well. That's and crazy. And this was, like, 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. That's, that's stupid. Super stupid. That's just... But yeah. that's reality. That is reality, and 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 then that becomes like either you whine about not whine about it, or you just keep doing. You have to know where you want to go. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. But when you, you tell persevere. your story, people feel like you know she's just like no, I she wasn't talented. Whatever. It's no, like, no, 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 no. That's that's why I'm like 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 everything you've said has been like I'm like look at who you are, what you've done, where you came from, and and what you came from, even from like like people don't understand like like. Your parents were college educated. That was something. That first generation. First, exactly. So they're, yeah. I mean, they're, my mother's side, they definitely lived in a shotgun yep. in Shreveport. Yep. And, um, you know, my grandfather was a mason. Right. My grandmother was kind of a homekeeper until later in life she did some stuff. But right. seven kids. Right. I mean, what else are you going to do? That was my dad's parents. My paternal mother. side, my grandfather my was a contractor, semi contractor. My, my, my paternal grandfather shined shoes. <laughs> and had a shoe shine shop in Chicago when they when they migrated up north. Yeah, they shine shoes. Yeah, okay. My my great grandparents had an outhouse that I used to use. Yeah. People don't yeah understand so, so how close we are I, to I know nothing right. And then you know? and then and just because of what our parent my parents like like it was like it was like sad, but put your head down and go to work like yeah. just you just it, it, we grew up we grew up on you have to be um, twice as good and work twice as hard. One hundred percent. Yep. That's how I grew up. And still, it didn't even like it didn't always matter. And, and that's and, the thing, and, and like exactly, with the Food exactly, Network and, exactly, and Food TV. Matter, yeah. So that was the time. I'm like, okay, when are we going to change this up? I'm I'm on a mission. Yeah. Because the gatekeepers of the food media right now, and you know who they are. Yeah. There's like five or six mm-hmm. of them, and they each have five or six shows. They have no culture of their own. Sorry, but like, no. What are we gonna I, do? No, I, wa- gonna I watch MJ, it. I'm, 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 I watch it. I'm like, I don't want this to sound, but I've had people like like Dottie and John on who've been on every show, the Today Show, Good Morning America. Dottie and John, are Dor- Dorothy Gator and John Brecker were the wine writers for the Wall Street Journal. Okay, black woman, white man, married in the seventies, really? met at the Miami Herald. Yes, no I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send yeah. you a link to the to the resume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the book is called Love and Black. My, but they wrote, mm. they wrote several. They've written several books. They're amazing, but they've been on every show. Today's show, Good Morning America. Blah, blah, blah. And after they came on, they approached me a few months later, and they they was like, "Hey, we'd like to write an article about you because we've been on all these shows, and you're like the best interview we've we've, we've come across." Wow. And and I'm like sitting here. I'm like, okay, like I've gotten some press, but like. Anyway, yeah, I think I obviously there is there is something going on. There is there's I see people like I said, I understand media training, I need media training, everybody needs it. Everybody can be better. 
Yeah, but you can but, always but, but, remember. But there's prove. people who are just like, I am a robot. I'm trying to make a joke on your show. <laughs> I'm trying to make a salient right. point while I'm tasting this right. food. Right, right. But I have the proper hairstyle or whatever. Right, right. Or yeah, or they don't. You know, and you're just <laughs> like, why are we looking at you? I'm like what? Okay. And people, it's, it, and it's and it's just a love of this stuff, right? So anyway, yeah. Um, so we're going to do some events. You guys heard it. It's going to be dope. We're doing events. And I think we're going to get on camera together and yeah. do something. Yeah, we need too, to do that. Because we need to. Um, yeah. Black so, wine guy, black food woman. I don't know. I got some. Well, that. actually, I want, <laughs> off here, I got. I had something that I have to see. I had some domain names that we could work Ooh, with. I, have to okay. see. I, I might have let them go, but I don't think anybody picked them yet. So all right, I'll all tell right. you what they are. We got, I, got, I got something Word. that would uh, work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, shit, man. I, I And look. But then I'm like, I know I gotta go to this meeting. I know, I but go. then it's like, then would would we would be to be like, yeah, no, y'all not black enough. <laughs> you I know, know what I mean? we talk too properly. I know. I no, but there's there's people on TV now, black folks that you know. No, talk. I mean, but I, that was the, oh, can I tell you this yeah. story? This is true. So the producer, we had like these uh, offsite segments that they would splice into the show, yep. and so she's like, I want you, and. Um, you're, I just imagine you and your girlfriend sitting around, you know, brunch. <laughs> I already know where you're going. With hey, girl, hey. Exactly. Uh, you know, and they kept telling me to act sassier. And I was like, should I have my friend Robin Alberstein wear an Afro wig? Like, oh I have a diverse friend group. And I was just like, you were supposed to give me the last drop. I you did. know why? Because that means, oh. I, like, it, just, it means you're going to get married and I need to find someone. So there we go. There Perfect. Go. I, that's. Good luck. There you go. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we did it. Yep. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, you got a clink, you, you got a drink. And you got a drink. You have a clink, you drink. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> um, so, anywho, yeah, it was just like, really? Like, you got to, they're always trying to squeeze me into a box. I don't fit into a box. Neither do I. That's kind of the problem. Right? I know. If you can't, they, I'm not really they, controllable. Likewise. And so... Especially the older I get, yeah, don't fuck with me. Exactly. And now, like, I'm, I'm going to say whatever. Fu- you yep. saw me on Top Chef. And uh, I was like, don't yeah, fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> but I had an experience where I was like, I was like in a contest. I was like, no, nah, this is just literally, yeah. They're using me. Yep. And yep. I was like, I almost didn't go. And I talked about it, but I was like, well, it's a fucking free trip to California. That part. And I've never been yeah. in a helicopter. So, oh, me neither. Oh, cool. Really? It's doper yeah. than you would think. Okay, Because cool. they're not, helicopters aren't like the, yeah. Magna PI. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam helicopters anymore. They, these shits are so quiet. Oh, nice. <sighs> okay, I got to do that. Anyway. Maybe so when I go, I'm going to Maui in a week, and I've never been, like there's Hana, yep. the far side of the island I've yep. never been. Maybe I'll do that. It's a little treat to my, for myself. You should do that. Yeah. So you get a little spike in business. People are finding you. Right, that like, part. Yep, yep. yep. And it continues, and it's the gift that keeps on giving because it's streaming, and people like you know binge watch, and they keep watching it, and right. then you know that exposure, you know, media knows you, and they're like, "John, you're hot." Yeah, because you've been on like um, I saw you uh, everything, yeah, everything, but not, not in recent <laughs> years. Um, yeah, yeah, you were on uh, Beat Bobby Flay. I was just he, a judge on there recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he was, and he was praising your accolades. She's like, you know, you see, yeah, it's got a ish. little, yeah, ish, you know. yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I could be on there regularly. I yeah, exactly. You should be. I listen. I could. I'm, I, I don't have a restaurant to tap through me now. Yeah, I you, could you could be on there regularly. Yeah. Um, um, yes, you you could be and should be, in my opinion. But I'm not the mm-hmm. executive producer of that show, so 
Unfortunately, yes. Um, and um, I was a judge on Iron Chef no. and Master Chef, and um, you know, done the Today Show a million times, yeah. Good Morning America, all that, blah, blah, blah. Right. so much stuff. Yeah. The talk when they used to have cooking segments. Oh, I the talk. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I uh, love doing TV, and so I'm good at you it. Are, no, th- I you are. Have I can tell. I had no, a show on OWN. Remember? Yes, you had a show on OWN. How'd that happen? I'm just minding my own business, and I get this phone call. It's like Santa Barbara. Hi. Hello, I'm calling on behalf of Miss Winfrey. I was like, <laughs> off the phone, silent, exactly. silent <laughs> scream. Um, and no, that was, oh no, that was when she called me. How'd I get, it? oh, this guy, he messaged me on LinkedIn and said, you know, we're doing a I gotta get back on LinkedIn Premium because people have been like checking my shit out like from different places. And I'm, like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm so cheap. Me too. I, I but need I'm to like, get on LinkedIn like, Premium I was, too. I was like, I was like, there's a person at this company and I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, you need to find out who is creeping on you. Exactly, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, come on, make me an offer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So this talent manager, he's like, yeah, we, you know, Oprah handpicked you, da, da, da. I'm like, oh, okay. It's only seven episodes, which is nothing That's in TV nothing. land. I know. But I was, it was with my friend fun. who knocked out forty episodes in a day. What? Well, there were five minute segments. There were small segments. Oh, it's okay. like for, like, it's like like for like crackle or some spit. But like, <laughs> but like like yeah. I mean, no, it was nothing. And each episode was like I think we did. That's what one I did. and a half a day. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But I was balling. I mean, Oprah takes care of you. You know, the wardrobe, the makeup. Did, you, artists, did she ever call uh, you? Did you talk to her? So. I sent her a thank you note, yep. and I said, I'd love to talk to you. I said, I, and I said, I basically, I just want the same opportunities as my white male counterparts. And I didn't expect to hear from her, really. Um, but then th- it was like six months later. I get That's when I got the call from Santa Barbara, and mm-hmm. I picked up, and she said, Miss Winfrey requests to speak to you. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? And so um, we set up a time. She's like, are you available tomorrow? To yes! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But ironically, I had this window and I could, I was like, I'm supposed to go horseback riding on the beach in San Francisco with some friends. So I can't take a call on the horse because I can barely get on the horse. And that was true. But she called me afterwards and (laughs) which is like so, so random, right? I'm horseback riding on the beach. (laughs) I do it all. I'll try something, everything once, right? And so um, she called, she's like, she's going to call you from, you know, no caller ID because it's her cell phone. Yep. I'm like, of course it's. Yeah, of course. Hi, Tanya. This is Oprah. <laughs> Said no one ever, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> silent scream off the call. She's like, I got your call. I'm so sorry. You know, I meant to get in touch with you, but I've been busy. Oh, really? Have you, Oprah? Really? I mean, I used to do some, non- I, my <laughs> nonprofit I worked with, she was our only really basically donor. And yeah. um, I mean, everybody just. She, I've never had known somebody who has so many people just calling different people about different things. Like, yeah, and I, she was like, "How can I help you? What do you need?" I'm like, "What? You're asking me this crazy open-ended question," yeah. and I'm like, "I can't be greedy. I can't be. I'd be like, million dollars, million dollars. You know, like." I was like, well, I, you know, I said, three seasons you're a game changer. <laughs> exactly. And I need my game change. 20 episodes. Exactly. A development deal. Yeah, a development deal. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, and you do have to be s- specific. And I just was like. And that's, but see, she was I, messing if I could with do, you. If I could do I know, that she, because a little bit. If I could because, do that call over again. If, if, you, if you said specifically, yep. she'd have been like. Oh, she's serious. Not that she didn't think you were, but yeah, like, but like, yeah. there is that. It's that, like that double dutch. I, exactly. Like you're afraid to jump in. Exactly. To, I get yeah, it. Yeah. You're just like, 
Well, everybody asks her for a check. Right. I can't do right, that. Right, right, right. <sighs> yeah. Gunpoint to head right now. You think when, when Ava got the call from her, Ava said, okay, Oprah, I want to do five pictures with you, and they're going to be this, 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 and this, and this. I don't know. I would love to talk to Ava. I didn't get to meet Ava, but they also reached out to me on Facebook. Like, hi, Tanya. Wow, um, that's crazy. We have this role uh, that was designed specifically for you. And I was like, wait, wow. what? And luckily, I check all my stuff, all my DMs, yeah. all my messages, whatever. Yep. You know? yep. And they're like, yeah, we're doing this series, and you play yourself. And it's going to be one or two episodes. And so I play myself, uh, the lead character in that um, series in that season. Mm -hmm is a chef played by Joy Bryant, who's an amazing actor. And oh, I know Joy Bryant. I, yeah, yeah, I play myself um, meeting her at a, at a Leah Chase fundraiser. And then in another episode, she's a guest on my TV show. And it was just great. I was in New Orleans. We taped in New Orleans mm -hmm. the week before Hurricane Ida and wow. then the week after. So that was interesting. I love that city also. You know, just mm -hmm. fantastic. And briefly... I know we got to go, but you We're know, my mom is from Shreveport yep. and I got back from cooking school. I had never been to New Orleans and they're like, we're going to go visit your grandmother in Shreveport for Christmas. I was like, you have to take me to New Orleans. So I get to New Orleans and first of all, I'm like, note to self, come back to New Orleans without your parents. <laughs> 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 but I made them take me to Dookie Chase and I met Miss Leah and I introduced myself to her and it was like, you know, she's like the Dama Dalai Lama of soul food. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, can I come work for you? She's like, you already know this. Go up north and work for those white people. <laughs> Verbatim, she said that to me. No joke. Right? Like, but to be like, like. Yeah. She was uh, amazing. I mean, amazing. Yeah, wow. And she, you no know, joke. some other, I still have the notebook with all the notes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, we, we only have, we have a few minutes left because what is well, your position I mean, on the board? Well, we're also out of wine. Yeah, um, that's true too. <laughs> I am the chair of the James Beard Awards Committee. Okay, right. And so, I'm on the board of trustees because it yeah. comes hand in hand. You have to do that. So, got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, mm -hmm. But like on your show, Tyne's Table, I mean, I just want to name drop for you Questlove. Yeah. I met him. My man, Amir. Yeah, he's great. Yep. I forgot how I met him originally, but love being connected to him. Yeah. Alice Waters. Yeah. You know, and Alice Walker, and Alice Walker. Don't mix them up. No, people always do like, oh, I got Ford, the yeah. uh, Ford by Alice Walker, because yeah. she wrote the Ford for my last cookbook. I love a restaurant. I'm yeah. like, yeah. no, as the, the color, color purple. purple. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that one. Danny Meyer. Yeah, legend. Aisha Curry. Yeah, everybody. Liz Wright. You got into this. You got some. Yes. Yeah, so my, I, I had an assistant at the time who works for Liz. Yeah. And uh, Liz, have you met Liz? No, but she's I know. Amazing. I she's amazing. She's a music. foodie too. I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I remember when she came on in the early '90s, like in the yeah. neo soul, yeah, neo yeah, jazz yeah. movement. Yeah, so I know. She's yeah. still singing, but she also has a restaurant in Chicago. I had no you idea. You got to meet her. I'll introduce you. Lars Ulrich. Okay, Welcome so on. I had a game-changing sound system, Meyer Sound. They do sound systems for um, symphony halls around the country. They're based in Berkeley. They have like 32 U.S. patents on sound and acoustics. Mm -hmm. They did this one restaurant in Berkeley. I love music. I was like, oh, I wish I could so have I. that. So when I opened my new spot, I reached out to them. And they're like, we'd love to work with you. So they put in a half a million dollar system in exchange for me doing marketing. So I went to, uh, to hear the sound and to see uh, A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper yeah, the new and, and Lady Gaga. 
um, at the Dolby Theater, and Lars did a Q&A afterwards with Bradley. I was like, this man is really a great speaker and interesting and a conversationalist. So when I was doing the podcast, I reached out so and cool. asked for an intro. And That's he's a great. Yeah. And I was like, when I worked at the Chicago Pizza Pie Factory, yep. I worked with a lot of Danes. And I memorized one phrase. And so I said to Lars, I said, Yaska Tiza. <laughs> and he started cracking up. You know what it means? No. I got to take a piss. <laughs> Which is such great. Just if you meet Lars Ulrich from Italian, you go, see, I got to take a piss. He's going to freaking laugh, I'm sure. He was great. And you know his Godfather was like some black jazz musician. I can't remember the guy's name. Doesn't surprise me. I didn't right. know that, but it doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, he's a music, really cool That's dude. the thing. Music and food are these Both things. Both see where, no color. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they, but, but like. We, we, we talked about they, but at the end of the connect. day. Exactly. They, you know, it's like, you know, those were the kind of where the worlds are colliding. Bonnie Raitt. hundred percent. Yeah, Bonnie. So my friend who I worked at El Teddy's with as a server is married to Bonnie's keyboard player. So she's like, Tanya, I want you. They live in Nova Scotia. She's like, you know, Glenn's coming out. You got to hang out with Glenn. And so, um, you know, Glenn and I get along. We hang out. And we're like, let's have dinner. And it's like, I love to take people to State Bird. He's like, Bonnie wants to come. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. And so Bonnie came. She's a big foodie. She's great. And <laughs> then, you know, I find you got have you listened to that segment? Mm -mm. And I took guitar lessons during COVID. Because I just, you know, you had to do something. Because you had to do something during COVID. And I used to play piano when I was younger. And so I was like, oh. And I told Bonnie, she's like, oh, which is like, which is Which people don't know is a string instrument. Exactly. People don't understand the piano. Exactly. So yeah. the notes, I know. Yeah. So I told Bonnie, she's like, oh, we should play together sometime. I was like, <laughs> seriously, Bonnie? Like, seriously? No. <laughs> Here's where the world gets <laughs> stupidly small uh -huh. and stupid. But also, like, it just, it, it, it goes to your work ethic. And and a lot of the world is who you know, hundred yes, hundred and, percent. And, but it also just fun, like like and being open, and being open. But the whole Acker thing, and then I'm sitting here, see Bonnie Raitt. So uh, I go down to, and I just came back. We go down to a place called Pescadero, Mexico. It's you fly into Cabo San Lucas, like I told you, yeah, and then yeah. drive north about an hour. Yeah, met Bonnie's brother David. He lives. Oh. Met him a few years ago because he lives like three houses that. down from the property we always go to. Nice. My wife and I almost almost house sat for him but we're like oh wait wait no you want us to pay you two thousand a month to house sit for you what sorry david uh no anyone um Everybody's but, we, but, but we all said we do, we do still fire for david because david mm -hmm. play is a musician mm -hmm. their father was this big theater guy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but bonnie's obviously the better musician <laughs> so sorry david she's just a good person and yeah, too um, oh my god she's just amazing right, we got we got like two minutes i want to get know. into cookbooks yeah and this is third. Yeah, okay. talk about talk about the one you want. Talk about the third one. The one. Third times the charm. Yeah. This is my most personal one. I feel like a California soul. So it's like, my soul is California. I love um, nature. And you I just love gave it the easiest wine. title. Chef Tony Hollins, California Soul is the name of this episode. Thank you for that. Just, oh. This was an easy one. Uh, you're welcome. Right. And um, you know, my maternal side of the family, most of them migrated to California. My parents met there mm -hmm. in the Bay Area in Oakland, and. Wow. Um, California has influenced my cooking so much. It just felt natural. Mm. So, you know, every recipe I, I look at it, I was like, what about it is California? What about it is Seoul? And um, I feel like it's very user-friendly. User I've always aspired to just make uh, um, accessible recipes and cook accessibly. Um, there's a restaurateur, Buzzy O'Keefe, Water Club, River Cafe, who said to me years ago, cook for the masses, eat with the classes. And I was like, Ooh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's a beautiful wow. And I, I and we also profile black makers in California, mm-hmm. and we tell the story of the migration to mm-hmm. different cities. I love that. Yeah, it's really it's a good I, book. When I had Isaiah, I we tell I was like I, people the Great Migration. You know, people don't understand so much of the how why 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 um, African American or Black American culture has permeated American culture because we had to move around. Exactly, and everywhere I tell people like, what's soul food? People who don't know, no. it's everywhere a population of Black people live. It's going to yep. be different regionally, yep. Yep. but it's like it's got the yep. basics there. You're going to have yams, Black eyed peas, yep. yep. you know the ba- yep. greens, Some fried chicken. But it might but have a little. I want to get down. You must have the dope ass. Shrimp and grits recipe because that in the second cookbook, the second, second one, okay. Brown sugar kitchen cookbook that all was right. on the menu all the time. All right, that's the one second yeah, cookbook. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of the best versions you might I, ever have. I, 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 well, you know what? <laughs> I'll just have you cook it for me because yep. I know you. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky me. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chef Tanya Holland. Um, um, we gotta do qu- can we, one quick thing. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm good. A- FMK. Fuck, marry, kill. I'm gonna give you three grapes. You gotta fuck one. You can marry one, and one you can't. You can't see no Ooh, more. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, Sorry. I'm don't g- usually take the Lord's name. I'm, I'm gonna give you. <laughs> what did you say? F M K. Fuck marry, a grape variety. Fuck, fuck a grape variety. Like it's like I love this. I'm just gonna fuck. I this could shit. fuck Riesling. I. Just I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. I don't yeah. give that. I'm gonna come. Who? Okay. So I'm gonna give you three grapes, and oh. then you tell me. Oh. That's how it works. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's how it works. See, she's a chef. She's used to running the show. Yeah, I'm also a little bit control free. Okay, go ahead. All right, so. Um, we're gonna do um, actually for you. I'm gonna do regions. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. Yes, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Bordeaux, Burgundy, or Piedmont. And I'm doing. I'm. I'm one, fucking. One? Fucking one. You're marrying one, and one you're never gonna. You're, you're gonna kill off. You can't ever. Mess okay. With um, Burgundy, Bordeaux, Piedmont. I'm gonna marry Burgundy. Okay. Um, Good choice because you can do you can have yeah, a, and you, I'm probably you can have a threesome. You got white. I'm Burgundy, probably gonna have, fuck yeah. Bordeaux, and yep. then I don't know. I just don't know Italian wines. I can't master them. I can't get. They my are hard. I really yeah. can't either. And I because yeah, they change shit up. They don't have as many they, rules. And they have their own yeah. varieties. They yeah. know they have a lot of rules. Yeah, and it's all, it's 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 all stuff we don't know. Okay. <laughs> exactly. um, bottle of wine that started off for you. What was when you? What, it, obviously, it wasn't that Mad Dog. But what when you were like? Oh, I kind of get this wine thing. Do you have? A it was a Sauvignon Semillon blend that, I love that Michael Green sent me home. But it was um, from. Uh, but it was from in the United States. It was from California. Yeah, might I have think. been a Napa. They do that in Napa. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, oof, this is amazing. Mm. It just like I don't know. I just like had never had those flavors in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Michael Green, you know you, I'm about to reach out to you on LinkedIn for you to come on the podcast. Oh, gee. And uh, what are you most excited about for the future? You know, I'm most excited about being the age I am and just, like, not giving any fucks mm-hmm. and just, just going for shit and being like, you know, yeah, you're going to pay me for this all this knowledge, this body of knowledge. You're going to pay me. Word. You know, I'm excited to get paid, basically. Yeah, I hear you. Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love this. My I knew, pleasure. I knew this was going to be a hot one. So so dope. Uh, tell people how they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, the best is probably following me on Instagram. I do post my events there mm-hmm. as I move around the world and the country. And um, I do have a website, tanyaholland.com. My Instagram is at Ms. Ms. Tanya Holland. I think that chef was taken or something i can't remember why it's ms but it kind of is more fitting because actually it is, it is. Right? I get it, like I get I'm, it. I'm more than a chef <laughs> yeah, exactly. as you know yeah. and i'm a little bit of a diva and yep. a, 
you know, fashionista, I'm embracing, I'm getting back into that now that I don't have to wear chef's coats all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the best ways. Awesome. And you guys, remember, always check out the show notes. I will put links to her socials, to her website. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll put the, uh, better to buy the book on Amazon or directly off your website? Well, Marcus Books is a black-owned bookstore okay. that is my partner. Um, you can order from them. And then I sign copies, and they ship signed copies. Okay, so that's what I'll put the so link that's to Marcus Books. You want to yeah. get a signed yeah, copy? Yeah, I'll get that for you. Mm -hmm. All right. So until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks, the philosophers, deep thinkers, and all the wine drinkers. It's your boy, MJ. Peace.